0: moment that you've all been waiting for, from just north of the border, he's the hombre with no nombre, mi hermano, from another mamo,
1: he's the world's greatest Rudo, el numero uno! That is right, you're listening to the Hogsman. I'm Mike Camden, one of the three Hogsmen, Big Duke, not here this week. Where's Devin? Who the fuck knows? But it is uh, Tuesday, and it is June 8th. And uh, Adam, welcome back. Thank you. We missed last week. We not, did. Not that we actually missed last week. We uh, we recorded last, let's see, that was two Saturdays ago then, right? Yep. And we recorded with Julius, a.k.a. Judiz, and uh, we uh, the recording got messed up.
2: Yeah, well, I fixed it. You fixed so it. So you'll hear it at the end of this episode. Yes. So it's, this is, this is going to be a longer episode than normal, but we wanted to give the people some extra stuff since they missed us last week.
1: Yes, exactly. And uh, we just gave you guys a little break. That was it. Yeah. Just a little break. But we're back. And what is up? A lot of stuff has happened. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about the show. Level Up Pro Wrestling Showcase. Ready or not, um, it was a good show. Uh, Adam, you were there for the recording, and then you took off. Uh, you had something to go do.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I Benny seemed very disappointed in me leaving. <laughs>
1: um, but anyways, it was it was a good turnout of fans. I think maybe if I had to eyeball it, maybe one fifty.
2: It, it looked like a lot of people in all the videos you were posting. Yeah, so. maybe like one fifty to two hundred. Uh, it was cool
1: though, man. It was great having fans back. Um, the crowd was great. Uh, Judiz that was his first batch, his first match back. Uh, I welcomed him back to the ring and he did a great job. Um, you know, I think the, the match went great. Uh, Julius, he hung in there. Uh, no problems in the ring. Uh, his cardio seems to be not an issue. Um, it was like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike, man. Once you get back in there, Hey, yeah, just do what you used to do.
2: You were probably a good first opponent back for him too. I'm a good first
1: opponent anytime. That's right. All right, anytime. You're
2: the guy like back in the day when the guys would come back from injuries. You're the first feud that they'd work with.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I'm basically the Barry Horowitz of Southern California, I believe. Right? You just put me in there, and I'm gonna take care of you. Put you over.
2: Hey, those people are under. Those people are
1: underrated. I know they are, man. I always thought thought that was interesting. The best. Pure wrestlers, right? The best wrestlers were usually the job guys. Yeah. You know? And uh if you look at it now, who are the trainers at the WWE Performance Center? Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley. Terry Taylor. Terry I think Taylor um uh, Matt uh Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne. Steve I mean,
2: Carino, who wasn't really a jobber,
1: but I don't want to say like these guys are like job guys as far as like an insult, right? It's just that they, you know, a job guy is is a worker. Yeah. Um, they're a guy that you put in there, and you know, they're always gonna have a good match. So let's say somebody has it, right? Whatever it is, they have it. The wrestling, yeah, they can they can wrestle, but whatever it is, they have more of that than let's say wrestling skills. Yeah. Now you put him in there uh, with, uh, you know, a guy that knows how to work. Let's say Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley goes, I got this. I'll make this guy look like a fucking million bucks. And uh and that's, you know, what the the business relies on. Yeah. Guys that know how to make people look like a million bucks. Let's uh let's take for uh, instance uh Hitman, right? Bret Hart. Uh who's who's the big Canadian that they thought was going to be the next uh, Hulk Hogan that Vince wanted? Um McGee, Tom McGee.
2: Name sounds familiar. Remember, the,
1: it, it was supposed to be the worst match. Uh, like, uh, it was like the holy grail of like matches that like two traders were I think it was Tom McGee. Yeah. Tom McGee, something like that. So this guy, if any, if 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 you guys don't know who who he is, he's a Canadian dude. Yeah. He was a bodybuilder, like like a real competition bodybuilder, and would like place. And then uh, he was also a gymnast and he, I think he like knew karate and stuff like that. And homeboy was like six, five, two, like heavy 200 something just built like a, like a brick house. Yeah. And motherfucker is doing like shooting star presses into the ring. uh, Just very, very, uh. If you if you saw him walking by, you'd be like, "Holy shit, who's that?" Yeah, because he's gigantic. And then when he has all this athletic ability, it makes it even more impressive. One problem: couldn't wrestle with shit. And then uh, somehow Vince McMahon got a hold of him, and they th- thought like, "Hey, we're gonna make this guy the champion, man." Like Hulkster, you know, he's losing his hair. You know, like chicks aren't into that shit or something like that. And they put this uh, this Tom McG- McGee or something like that in the ring with hitman and hitman made him look like a million bucks and they say like hitman's the only guy that could do that
2: they also said i think that was kind of the match that made vince realize that brett could be the guy too yeah i think that's like the lore of the match is that it kind of was supposed to be one guy's uprising but it ended up being brett's like uprising kind of thing yeah but i was gonna say like like he wasn't a job guy but owen hart was a guy that they would put in the ring with a lot of newer guys yep. to make them look good. And I wouldn't call Owen a job guy, but he was certainly a guy that they trusted a lot. With yeah. Getting guys like, I think Kurt Angle's first match was with Owen oh, really? or one of his, one of his first like house show matches was with Owen. I think that, but there's no footage of that
1: uh-huh. so. um But yeah, getting back to like, if you look at like, who the trainers are at the performance center, it's guys that were never like, maybe like mid level guys, like mid card yeah. guys. And it's because these guys just—they know how to work, man. They know how to work, uh, and that's usually he becomes like who, who makes really good trainers. Yep. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting that you see Shawn Michaels there because you know, obviously Shawn Michaels is basically the greatest of all time, and uh, you know he he uh, he's passing on that knowledge that he, he actually I just watched his. Did you watch his A and E biography?
2: The Michaels one? Yeah. No, I didn't even know there was it's actually one. Actually, pretty yet. interesting.
1: Was it? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. They were talking about like. Uh, they were showing footage of him like breaking into the business, basically like his really early matches against like a young uh, DiBiase. Dude, young DiBiase looks ferocious. Yeah, but uh, it was just it's so funny like uh, like seeing Mike like Shawn Michaels that young, and then they talk about like he was a real kind of like shy kid, uh, very sheltered. It's uh, it sounds like his parents kind of sheltered him a little bit. Yeah, and then like Ginetti entered the scene, <laughs> and like. They're living in Vegas, working for some promotion out there. Yeah, and basically, like that was like the de- like the beginning of the end for like his uh you know dr- drug abuse and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah, man. Um, but Russell Julius, he did great. It was great to have him back in the uh, in the ring, and uh, the whole show was good, man. The whole, whole show did. It was it was a, it was a good time uh the headliner was uh or the main event was uh Michael Hopkins versus Juan Mattes J2 and Hopkins has got a uh, a heel persona now. Oh, he did a great job, man. He did a great job. He comes out with uh one of the uh this this dude he he trains at uh Level Up Pro Wrestling. His name's uh ENA. And ENA is just all jacked up. He looks like a like a smaller version of like Francis Ngannou. And uh you know uh ena brings something like i said he's almost like a like a manager yeah or maybe like a hype man something like that maybe a yes man that'd be kind of cool right a yes man yeah he's like yeah he's a yes man like uh but he just brings energy to the to to the ring and i think that i think that helps hops yeah um it helps hop hopkins feed off of it and all that kind of stuff so no they did they did a really good job they had a really good main event proud of those guys proud of them and then uh, this past weekend, so I had I've had like pretty busy weekends. I was in Rosarito, then I had to go to Vegas, and then I had to do something else. Actually, that was last weekend. So that was like the rest, of like the like uh you know I had like a show weekend, and then this past weekend I had nothing to do, man, and it was fantastic. I got yeah. to sleep in. And you know what sleeping in sleeping in is nowadays uh, at my age? Nine a.m. Nope, seven thirty. That sucks, right?
2: Yeah. Well, that I mean, with, that's when you're used to getting up. Like, I know. I like, hate like, it. Yeah.
1: I hate it. I used to wake up at like one in the afternoon because I used to work in the nightclub industry. Yeah. And when you go to bed till like three in the morning, plus, you you know, you had like a whole long night. But that would be sleeping into me back in the day. Now sleeping in for me is about 730. Ain't that fucking grand? But yeah, man. And then uh went to uh, a fancy dinner. On a Sunday night, went to Cowboy Star. You ever been to Cowboy Star?
2: No. What's that?
1: Cowboy Star is a steakhouse downtown, one of those real fancy ones where, literally, you are gonna be eating dinner for like four hours.
2: And if you ask for steak sauce, they give you weird looks, right? Uh, maybe. I don't. I'm not really a steak sauce guy. Okay. Because so. if you go to like uh, Ruth Chris, my mom told me if you ask for steak sauce, they like really. Because right. you know, a really good steak doesn't need steak sauce. It doesn't need anything because it's you know. Uh, I like a little béarnaise. No, I uh... like I like it personally. I like putting steak sauce and stuff on top of it. But like people who are like steak, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The assholes. Assholes are like, <laughs> you don't put steak sauce on steak that's been marinated and blah blah blah. It's like, all right, well, calm down, buddy. I'm not,
1: yeah, I'm not much of an A one guy anyway. So, uh, yeah, don't don't I don't need that. But uh, yeah, so I went to uh, dinner with uh, my wife and a few friends. Uh, my friend Rob, he uh, just switched careers. Seen his boy. Oh, okay. So he got out of the uh, restaurant industry and uh, now he's working uh, as an operations manager at a uh, a local brewery. Okay. that He thinks has a lot of uh, opportunity to grow, so he's really excited about it. I'm excited for him because. The restaurant, bar, nightclub industry, it's one of those things where it's fun. It's a lot of fun, but at a certain time in your life. You know, like when you're like in your twenties, maybe early thirties, if you still can hang. But at a certain point it's like you're either gonna like pursue this further, like and you're gonna work up the chain and maybe one day hopefully own your own place or some shit like that, or you get the fuck out. Yeah. Because nobody wants to be working until three in the morning when you're forty years old or some shit like that. It's, or, it's
2: tough we're dealing with drunk idiots we're drunk 30, idiots 40 you know? years
1: old so yeah like it, it, it's uh it's gonna be a big uh change in his life and i'm really happy for him man i hope it goes well and you know good for him so went there had a had a bunch of food and it's a great place like as far as food wise and actually it didn't even take that long because i think we were there for maybe two hours which is fine you know that's a good amount of time yeah But uh, I've been there before when it was like, it felt like it was four hours and it was just like, it's time to go, guys. It's time to go. I'm a quick guy. I don't like waiting, man. You know, like there's people that are like, hey, man, you can go to this. uh, Let's say, sorry, let's say uh, brunch, right? You want to go to brunch. And there's a place that you can literally walk right up, get a table. Is the food is good? No, but it's food breakfast how how badly can you fuck up breakfast right or there's those people that are like no we can wait two hours and eat at this place that's really good
2: yeah fuck that you ever heard tom homs no it's like near it's like near the airport it's like right on the water okay but it's like this brunch place where you like you're sitting you can see the boats out in the harbor and stuff it's like a place that like everyone goes to on mother's day and yeah, like, you yeah, have yeah. to like make a reservation you're there for a while because it's like a, a buffet so i don't even think it's a, i don't even think it's open anymore Okay. Cause you know, buffets are kind of, they might go the way with the Dota. But yeah, that's, they're nice places. So I know that's, that's the kind of place you go to for like a brunch, like a fancy brunch. Uh huh. If there is such a thing as a fancy brunch.
1: Yeah. And that like, that's cool. But if the wait is going to be two hours, yeah. I'm not fucking with that. Yeah. You know, like I'm one of those people that's like, let's get in, let's get out. Let's continue our day. I don't want to be sitting and waiting and even getting hungrier Just oh, this is the best. I don't care, man. Yeah. Just give me something that's edible. That's all I care, man. That's all I care about. But anyways, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I enjoyed it. Cowboy stars, a nice place. What's up with you, Adam? What's new with
2: your life? Not a whole lot. Just normal shit. Uh, I watched the uh spiral this weekend. What's the spiral? The Chris uh, Rock saw movie. The new saw movie. Okay. I thought it was good. It wasn't a Saw movie to me. It was very much like a psychological type thriller, but with Saw traps. All right. And I still don't know if I take Chris Rock seriously as an actor. It's very strange, especially when you've seen Chris Rock and, like...
1: CB4. Yeah,
2: and Grown Ups and all this other shit he's done. You're just like, I don't know if I take you seriously as an actor yet. New Jack City as a crackhead? Yeah. It's like, yeah, Chris Rock has been, in my life since I was young, as, like, a completely... Non serious entity, yeah, and now it's like okay,
1: you know what? I watched uh, I watched this weekend on Saturday night, and actually, I really enjoyed it. Was uh, Cruella on uh, Disney.
2: Now, here's my question about that movie, <laughs> yep, what is it about? I don't I know, it's about the origins of Cruella, but That's were it. people asking for that? Like, I don't probably not, but why the fuck not? Is she a were villain people... in the movie? Or is she a good person? Uh, in the movie? A little like...
1: bit of a tweener, okay, a little bit of a tweener. I you yes, ask, like, were people asking for it? Uh, probably not. But somebody thought like, "Hey, let's tell this story." Let's—it's content, right? Yeah. And also, like, think about it. Was anybody asking for Rogue One? No. Turned out to be fantastic, right? Yeah. So, uh, but it was cool, man. Actually, uh, I saw a lot of people like, "It's man, you put something out there, right? It could be the the greatest tweet, post, whatever. Somebody's got to fucking shit on it, right? Somebody's got to find the negativity." Of course. In it. And uh, I saw like some people like bitching online about, uh, why are you trying to like humanize somebody that wants to kill dogs to make a make a jacket? And it's like, first off, it's a fucking fictional character. It's funny
2: when they phrase it like that, though, because yeah, yeah. it is like, what the fuck are you making a movie about this person? It's but a, I get what you're saying. It's,
1: it's a fictional character, first of all, right? It's it, yeah, like completely not real. It's not like you're trying to like humanize Hitler you know like yeah. you're you're you no, it's no but uh it was you know just shows like hey how, how she became who she was and to tell you the truth it was a really good story i i enjoyed the shit out of it um uh emma stone she's the one yes. that plays it does a really good job yeah, she's really good um the two little like uh goons that she has with her uh they did a, it was, the whole movie was good man i i enjoyed the shit out of it my wife liked it too so Good for Good for Speaking
2: them. of humanizing Hitler, have you ever seen Jojo rabbit?
1: No, I've heard of it It's, it's
2: on HBO max. That's, you should watch that this weekend. It's really? Very funny. And that's a movie, right? It's a movie. It's made by the same guy that, did you like, uh, the last Thor movie? Ragnarok. The Ragnarok. Yes, I did. So like, it's made by the same guy, Taika Waititi. Okay. And he directed it. And it's like, it's this kid in like Nazi Germany, but it's like super, like just making fun of it. And his like imaginary friend is Hitler. <laughs> And just, like, the whole movie is just him and all the stuff that happens to him and, like, uh, Scarlett Johansson's in it. So it's a a really funny movie if you just don't watch it and go, oh, they're humanizing Hitler, when they're really not. There's, like, a scene where they say howl Hitler, like, 50 times. And it's, like, so obnoxiously stupid.
1: Yeah. You know what's interesting? There's always that, like, uh, question, uh, like, would you go back and kill, like, baby Hitler? Yeah. You know? And it's like, well, do we have to kill him when he's a baby? You yeah, know, I know, like, right? Because we know almost like the moment where like he turned bad, right? Yeah. He, start, he started going to like those like third Reich like like uh, 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 meetings, yeah, and then kind of like started falling into the BS, and then he, you know, picked up the ball and started running with it. And turns out he's like the greatest public speaker of all time. Yeah, and that's like that's like I'm not like saying he's a good person. The guy could fucking promo his ass off.
2: You know, I mean, they're like, you can get, people can get upset about that, but there's a reason he was able to do he got what a whole he did. Country. He like public speaker. That's like the whole thing with like cult leaders and yeah. stuff too. It's like charismatic. They, they're charismatic and they have a way to suck you in. Even if the message they're saying is gross. Yeah. And for the most part, you realize it's gross. Something about what they're saying is like,
1: Oh yeah.
2: Doesn't but make I... them good people, but at the same time, it's why they do what they do.
1: Yeah. So it's like, Hey, let's not send somebody back to kill a baby. Maybe like right when Hitler started attending those meetings, you know, like we know the day, we know the time. Maybe that's a that's yeah. a better better you know like
2: question. Like, hey, would you kill Hitler right before uh, yeah. he started doing
1: all the bad shit?
2: There's just people. Those people that go, well, we're gonna kill baby Hitler because he won't fight back. I'm like, well, I mean, if neither he... will the 20 year old if he doesn't know what's coming. Exactly. Like... Exactly. When he turns the corner. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, anyways. But uh, yeah, I've heard I've heard about that movie. I'll have to check it out.
2: It's it's very funny. I think I think Beth would like it too. Really? I, it, it's it's check it's, out. it's it's so stupid. Like the first five minutes of it, you're just like, okay, I get what this is. Like mm-hmm. it's comedy.
1: Actually, uh, last well at, at the uh, Level Up uh, show, um, the Ready or Not show, uh, Chris Terry was there, and uh, there's a lot of uh, com like trailers coming out for movies yes. and comic book movies yes. and all that kind of stuff. So I was talking to him. I think we'll we'll try and get him on. And
2: uh, you know, nerd out. Yeah. Well, low key starts tomorrow. Oh, is it? Or, or I guess tonight is today too. Yeah, so tonight at midnight. I still got to binge uh, the
1: Winter Soldier. You should you Falcon. should watch that one
2: first. Yeah. I like that show a lot. I know
1: I got to watch it too because you're going to start having these Marvel movies coming out and I, you know, I you miss one fucking thing. Well, they already
2: announced a movie based off the show. I'm, I don't know, I'm sure what you already it? saw it. The Captain America four,
1: <coughs> and it's a new Captain America.
2: It's oh, it's Falcon. It's Falcon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. the whole right. show is basically revolving around that whole thing. All right, all right. So, a lot of fun stuff. coming Yeah, out, there, but there are stuff. a lot. Of, there's a lot of movies coming out this month. Like the new Fast and the Furious movies coming out this month. Yeah, us we'll see on if around. John. No, but it's a big deal for like John Cena to see if he's a, a box office box draw, office like in movies. Like the movie's going to be stupid, but uh,
1: basically, which which fast what what number is this movie this is nine all right this is nine so let's say the past six have sucked ass but they're still making money
2: yeah it's because people just they they don't they like seeing this stupid shit yeah, like yeah, they like fine. the dumb action and, and I get
1: it I get it I mean I'm a professional wrestler yeah you know like I get it
2: <laughs> people like it but yeah I'm just glad to see movies coming out that's yeah. all like, I'm glad to go well I don't want to go to a theater right now but there's something that might bring me there, you know. I'm
1: digging this HBO Max thing, man, and the Disney Plus. They're all releasing this shit on like straight to my TV. I love that, man. I'll take it, even though I, I do love the movie theater. I do, but hey, man, if I can just push a button and it's right there in my house,
2: that's great. I think yeah, I think most people would rather do that yep. than go to a theater and be crammed into a bunch of uncomfortable seats for two hours. Yep, yep. A yep. theater that's not properly ventilated and it's hot. And I'd rather sit at home too in the air condition.
1: There you go. Uh, Hey man. Hey, did you hear any news coming out of the WWE this past week?
2: You know, I haven't. Is it's been very quiet since all the firings last week, of course. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They're really, uh, unloading. Yes. And this round of
1: cuts had some ones where you're like, Whoa.
2: Yeah. This round of cuts is something that I always, that a lot of people were pointing this out. This is the kind of stuff businesses do before they sell it. Uh-huh. They cut a lot of costs and apparently most of these people had signed contracts pre pandemic. So they were higher contracts. So they're mm-hmm. like, okay, well we'll cut some fat and then sell it. Haven't heard anything since then, but it's not like sales happen like that. They take a while.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, they cut Braun Strowman, which I think that was the biggest, that was the big one. Like, whoa, like, whoa, they, yeah, they, they, they cut Braun Strowman. Um, I guess yeah the the biggest I, I the only reason I is they're trying to sell and and I guess yeah. he had a big contract and they were like cool let's go ahead and cut that off and uh I mean could you really uh, and not that Braun Strowman was the greatest wrestler ever not that he was the most over wrestler at all He
2: was at 1.3 years ago one of the most popular guys in the company yeah. When he was flipping over ambulances and people were like, this is, it's like the Fast and Furious movie. This is so stupid, but I absolutely love it. But was he really, you know, like moving the needle? No, but I think after everything that they've done with big, they're a big guy company, but they always seem to fuck up the big guys where they take the big show and they turn them 75 times. And then you're like, well, I don't care about big show anymore. Yeah, that's true. They the did, show. And they did the same thing with Braun. They, they made him this monster and then, he lost to Brock, and then from there it was just kind of, eh. He's won won a tag titles with a little kid, and yeah, yeah. just kind of hover. And- I don't really,
1: I mean, and I could be wrong. I I didn't really see Strowman becoming this incredibly popular. You know, like he's not like I I I don't see him like moving merch like crazy out of the WWE in that in that company. Yeah. You know, like he he could who knows he could stay with wrestling.
2: He'll he'll be back in WWE. I I do not see him going anywhere else. Really, there's way too much of his personality that I think rub would rub too many of the people in the like for instance the AEW locker room the wrong way. Like some yeah. of his like beliefs and whatnot. I think it just he's he's either going to go back to the WWE if they're ever sold, or he's going to go back to just bodybuilding or owning a gym or something like that. I thought he, back into fitness. I thought he would do in
1: Japan. That's, they would they would love his that's the one there. place
2: I was like, maybe New Japan. Like, they would
1: they love big yeah. man over there, man. And he's one of the biggest of the big. So yeah, yeah that's pretty interesting that they cut him. Uh that that was basically kind of like no, I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Uh and then Alistair Black got released, which I think it's for the better.
2: Yeah, I didn't see it coming either because they a started put started putting him in a big angle a couple well, weeks true, cause ago. that's true, because they just debuted him. Not like debuted him, but yeah. almost re him. Like... Against Big E, which was yeah. like a big deal. And they were talking about bringing his wife back. Oh, really? Like, yeah, she had apparently been at the performance center, and they were talking about bringing her back. And then they did all that, and I was like, well, she's not going back now. No. Because that would be way too awkward of a conversation at the dinner table.
1: Uh, I think, uh, but I mean, I, I think Alistair Black, or Tommy End. He's yeah. Back to being Tommy End. He's better off outside of that company. Yeah, he
2: he's legitimately one of the best workers on the planet. Like, and he'll go to AEW or somewhere and he'll showcase that. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, Good friend of Yuma, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know him and Yuma are, are boys. I saw the uh, what Booker T the comments Booker T said about yeah. like Alicia Black. Hey man, that's his opinion. And yeah. to tell you the truth, uh, he would have more experience like uh, he would have better knowledge of what that company is looking for as yeah what you and i would you know like he's looking at it through a different set of eyes he's been there you yeah. know he, he's been in that company for a long time so that's just his opinion and if people want to get mad about it it's like dude that's just what he it's just an opinion he didn't say anything bad about house yeah. i don't
2: think people look at it as bad but i think they look at it as well your product is continuing to deteriorate and people are tuning out in droves yeah Maybe look at another way to do things. Maybe try something different because the way you're doing, it's not working.
1: I have to agree. Yeah. I have to agree. The
2: ratings are the raw rating. A couple weeks ago is like the worst it's been since like the mid nineties. Really? Interesting. Like they're, they're just, it's unwatchable. Something needs to happen.
1: Tell you the truth. I think it starts. I think it knows. I think it needs to go backwards. Yeah. I feel like it's too, the production is too much. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, hey, uh, you know, all these graphics, all these, the set design, it's just, it's too much, The man. camera cuts are what drives people crazy. The the fake dialogue, the fake promos. Um, you know, you, the great thing about pro wrestling and what gets over in pro wrestling is what happens kind of on the spot yeah. and on the fly. And I feel like they've packaged up, you know, the WWE has packaged up Raw, SmackDown, even NXT now, to where you can't you can't go outside the lines. You can't draw outside the lines anymore. And that's a problem. They're they're taking away, you know, they're they're having writers write promos for people. Writers that probably didn't watch wrestling growing up, that have no idea about wrestling. They just think like, hey, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a great line, this is gonna be a great burn. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you called him a weenie or some shit like that, you know? It's like, come on, uh, yeah. So,
2: and that they got to do something. That was the weirdest thing I saw. Like, there was talk of like a sale, and everybody, everybody I talked to about it was like, oh man, that could really be bad for the company. out there. and I said, it can't be any worse than it is right now.
1: It's 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 it would be weird. It's even weird thinking about a McMahon not owning WWE.
2: Yeah, I mean, they could always go the route of UFC though, where like someone else owns it, but like Vince still runs it, like how Dana still runs UFC, but he doesn't own it anymore. Like he doesn't, he's not part of the ownership group. Uh, he just kind of runs. He's like the matchmaker.
1: He's well, no, he's not the matchmaker. He's the he's like the president. He's the one that like yeah. handles day to day stuff. But I mean, do you think Vince McMahon's the kind of guy to just step
2: away? Probably and, not, but if he's thinking about he's, selling, then he must be to the point where he just is like kinda over it.
1: Yeah. And I, I wonder like what Shane and, and uh Stephanie are like like, hey, yo, what about us? Like you don't think we can't run this thing?
2: On? I don't know. Especially Triple H who's been kind of grooming to take over for him for years now. Yeah. But Triple H did an interview a couple months ago where he says he's not gonna be doing he doesn't wanna be doing this past like sixty. So even Triple H has no long term plans to stay like in a leadership position in, in like wrestling. So yeah.
1: it's a hell of a schedule, man. Yeah.
2: Who knows what we're looking at in 10 years? Who knows who's running? Maybe Mickey Mouse is the president of WWE in 10 years.
1: That'd be like, I feel like that'd be the worst thing that could... I, I think it's going to be a big corporation, NBC. a big corporation taking over the WWE. I think would be the worst thing that could possibly do.
2: It could be, but it could be, you know, it could end up being like when Disney bought Marvel, they put the guy in charge and he's the guy that runs Marvel and all the Marvel movies are different. People are making them, but, they're concurrent and they're all kind of like, they make sense when you look at them in a nutshell. I'm not yeah. saying, I'm not saying wrestling can be done like that, but like,
1: I think, but I think it's also, you know, you're talking about movies that take years yeah. to, to, to get made for, you yeah. know, to, to fine tune. You're able to, whereas weekly TV, that's tough.
2: And that's man. what I mean. Like from a business sense, WWE is fine. The way their business works, like the way they make money, like that doesn't need to change. However, they're doing that, just keep doing that. What needs to change is their creative. What needs to change is like their weekly product. Yeah. Because it's kind of like this weird revolving door where like, okay, Alexa Bliss is talking to a doll that's apparently possessed by something. It's like, all right, Hmm. that doesn't work anymore. Like we're like even kids today, like how we were scared of Papa Shango. Yeah. That's because we didn't we couldn't just immediately go to Google and see that Papa Shango was comma or this other guy that was in a different place. Like yeah. he was just a, a scary guy who made the ultimate warrior pass out or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah, man.
1: Interesting. Oh, I watched the, also, did you see the, uh, the McFoley Foley biography on and I didn't
2: I miss most of those biographies. I kind of forget they're on. Yeah. Cause I've been watching the dark side of the rings a lot, but I've been forgetting about the E biographies,
1: but the, 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 Mick Foley one was pretty interesting as far as, uh, you know, obviously he didn't have this, the WWE look, yeah, you know, especially back then, and uh, I think was it Pritchard. Pritchard was one that's like, hey, we got to bring this guy over here, and I think Jim Ross was also the same way, like, yo, this guy, he's got something. He may not look like a typical WWE wrestler or WWF back in the day, but he's got something, yeah. And Vince was kind of like, no, nah, we're not bringing him over. And after seeing his promos in ECW they were like, okay, we got something. And then how he just like flourished in WWE. I mean, the guy at one point was playing three characters. Yep. That's fucking amazing. And I loved it. I mean, I wasn't like a, he, like dude love obviously was sick. Yeah. Mankind scared the shit out of me back when I was a kid. And how great of a rivalry was that undertaker and mankind?
2: It was great. It was
1: fucking good, man. Like somebody that was like, yo, this guy's going to give undertaker a run for his money. And he did. Yeah. Um, but then, like the dude love stuff, Cactus Jack. So I didn't really know much about Cactus Jack uh, when I was younger because I didn't watch ECW. I, I I don't remember him on WCW. I know he was. Yeah,
2: when he came out as Cactus Jack, I had no idea who he was. Yeah, the dude love stuff was cool time. for me because he was talking about like an area I grew up in. Oh, when really? He, when he would do the dude love stuff, that's when he grew up in Long Island, and like I was still living there at the time. So it was like, for me, it was like really cool to see this guy from where I was from succeeding. I know a got that Looked like me too. Mick Foley wasn't like a heartthrob guy. No. Like he was just a normal looking dude and, and a
1: hot wife too, man. Yeah. Like I remember like being like, wow, Mick Foley's wife is like really good looking. And, uh, and then like, you look at Mick Foley's got long hair, a beard. He's got missing yeah. teeth. If you, you look know,
2: at him like back in the day, he's like a he a good looking, was normal looking guy he, when he before he did all the stuff. Like, yeah. He's a good looking
1: dude back when his younger years. Yeah. It, it's, 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 the business that probably like made him like look like shit because yeah. he was missing teeth and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, that was a really good documentary. And just cause you know, like that's right up our alley that like all that basically happened kind of yeah. while we were watching and, uh, yeah, just kind of seeing like he brought it up to Shawn Michaels, like, Oh yeah, I wanted to be you cause they had a match yeah. and they, they thought it, they were, they were kind of like interested on in seeing like if it was gonna be like a styles clash kind of thing. But they ended up having like a really Their good match.
2: match was so good, the, it was like it was mind games or something like that. Such a good match.
1: And uh, and they were talking afterwards, and Michaels asked Foley something. I can't remember what. And Foley was like, "I wanted to be you. I wanted to yeah. be like the heartthrob guy." He goes, "I actually had a, I have a, I had a character back when I was a kid, you know, being like the heartthrob." And uh, and Pritchard happened to be in the room, and Pritchard was like, "Wait a minute, what?" And he was like, yeah, I was a guy named Dude Love, and you know, I wanted to be a ladies' man, all that kind of stuff. And Pritchard was like, I gotta see this. And yeah. Foley goes, I got videos from when I was a kid. So they brought it in, and next thing you know, you got fucking another kid. God, how much money did Foley make off the merch? So much. At one point, he had th- like three or four um, uh, action figures yeah. out. Dude Love, Mick Foley, probably had a Mankind, and probably a Cactus Jack. Right.
2: It's so mu- it's so crazy how just random happenstance ends up like because pritcher was in the room yeah he heard it yep it's like with cena stephanie was on the bus and heard him rapping yeah like let's put that on tv and then like That's it's that. just like that it's, it's, it's like how much but the, how many of those things are around that nobody caught and somebody who could have been a star just isn't because of like luck quote unquote
1: it's half the battle yeah half the battle but yeah man interesting
2: yeah interesting. He, you know, what's funny about foley is like when you listen to him talk, you always expect him to be, like, le- less coherent than what he is. Yeah. He always still, to this day, speaks very eloquently and sounds very intelligent, despite the fact that you can just assume his brain is probably just mush at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially his body. Like, forget about it.
1: <sighs> yeah. I uh, I met him one time. Uh, I was up at PCW, um, you know, trying to help out. Yeah. Put in you know put a good good showing you know hey maybe i can get on the card or some shit like that anyways i ended up working uh mick foley's line for autographs uh it was cool though mick mick was nice big guy he's gigantic make no mistake he may not have been the biggest guy on the on the on the roster back in the day but he is huge i couldn't believe it like it blew my mind when i saw him man he's got to be like six four
2: they when good. you see him and Taker, like they don't look there's that big of a size difference. And Taker's legit, I think, 6'10. So yeah.
1: he, he was a big guy, man. I was I was very like, holy shit, that's Mick Foley. Like, he's huge, man. No wonder that fucking cell gave way, man. Taker <laughs> and him on top of it. God damn. Yeah, dude. What else is going on in this crazy fucking world? Got another show this weekend. Okay. Love thy lucha. This is a uh, charity. Event It's going to be going on in Chula Vista. Let's give you some details. Let's give you some details. It's going to be at 494 East Street, Chula Vista. And uh, it looks like tickets are anywhere between 5 and $15. So, yeah. I will be wrestling. And I just got told I will be in a triple threat. And it's interesting because you're going to hear later when I'm talking to Judiz, uh, him and I talk about this triple threat match that I we were in back in the day. It was uh, Judiz, uh SoCal Crazy, and myself. And it was a disaster. <laughs> and So then I got hit up uh, the other day and I, they are like, hey, you want to do this show? And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then they're like, cool, it's going to be you, Judiz, and SoCal Crazy in the main, in a triple threat. And I'm like... All right. The last time us three were in a ring, it was a disaster, but I think it'll be, we'll try and do it better this time. So that will be the match that I'm involved in. I don't know what really the other matches are, but uh, like I said, this is a, it's called Love Thy Neighbor Movement, and the show is called Love Thy Lucha. So go check it out. It's going to be at 6 p.m., it's down in Chula Vista. Go to Facebook, type in Love Thy Lucha, and you will find all the information you need go get tickets and i believe it's like a charity event so check it out check it out man since we're on the interweb you want to go to uh you want to get a question in
2: yeah we did uh we did have a question and it was regarding something that we haven't talked about yet all right up really quickly i can just do that right there all right so mixed mutt asks what did you think about the logan paul mayweather fight do you think actually do you think anyone actually won or was it just a hustle to make money
1: of course somebody won logan paul and floyd mayweather both won they both made fucking millions off of selling you know a bs boxing match yep that's it that's it uh, i didn't watch it cuz i feel like <sighs> what's going on with these paul brothers in boxing it's a good thing and a bad thing yeah it's a good thing because they're bringing in like, you know, like, you know, you got uh, what Ben Askren lost to Jake Paul and he he made like the most money he's ever made. Yeah. And he was like, fuck it. I don't give a fuck if I lost. I made a bunch of money. I'm retired anyways. Uh, so it's good because they're bringing, you know, they're putting money into people's pockets. That's and boxing,
2: cool. which kind of needs it at this point because boxing yeah. is not what it was when I was younger.
1: Unfortunately, the, these are gimmick matches. Right. These are absolutely these are gimmick matches. These uh, you know you have Pacquiao taking on Earl Spence. I think like in a few months. Nobody fucking knows about that. Yeah. Nobody knows about that.
2: Oh no. People know about it now because it's literally the same day as SummerSlam in the same in the same city. Oh really. Yeah. Like SummerSlam is now on a Saturday and it's the same day as the Pacquiao fight. (laughs) So apparently they're going to end SummerSlam before the Pacquiao fight starts. But. If anyone was thinking of going to Las Vegas for SummerSlam, I'm going to warn you right now. It's busy. going to be a mess.
1: Busy. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like they're bringing eyes into boxing. Yeah. The Paul brothers. You know, but are these eyes going to stick around and watch? You know, they're bringing more of their YouTube fans. Yeah. And the young kids that I, I don't know who the fuck like what these kids Me neither. do, um, but are they are they they're bringing money? They're putting into fighters money or money into fighters' pockets, which is good. Um, is it the greatest boxing ever? No, you know these matches aren't. This isn't good boxing.
2: There was that first round where Paul was doing all those like crazy punches, and everyone was like, "Wow, he he won a round against Mayweather." I'm like, first of all, if it were a real boxing match, no one would be punching like that. Yeah, and you know that because you know you do jiu-jitsu and other stuff like you striking where you know i do
1: uh muay thai whatever whatever. but you sound like my my wife botching what i do you okay you
2: do karate mike there you go
1: there you go that's always what i tell my wife i just just say it so here quick 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 story my my wife's friend has a 13 year old um like stepson and he does jujitsu, and so my wife beth brought it up to her friend and then her friend was like yeah like I think uh, I can't remember what his name is. Um, he's really good. He like beats up guy like men. Yeah. And then she was like, "I bet he can beat up Mikey." And which, that's what I'm called around here. And uh, Beth goes, "Oh yeah, well he does jujitsu too." And then I'm like, I tell Beth, I'm like, "No, I don't do jujitsu. You're gonna get this 13 year old kid's head kicked off. You know, like don't you don't say that. (laughs) You know, like fucking it's Muay Thai, Muay Thai." Jiu-jitsu Jiu- and Muay Thai do not rhyme. Anyways, so I just go, you know what? It's karate. I do karate. Yeah.
2: But yeah, there's, there those whole set of punches he was doing where he was just like swinging at him. I'm like, in a real boxing match, no one's going to And I guarantee
1: that. Mayweather had his hands up the whole time just getting yeah. hit on the gloves.
2: People continually get tricked by Floyd Mayweather where they go and they go, oh, this might be interesting. And then Floyd does what Floyd does, which is he stands there, dances around, blocks everyone's punches, and waits out the fight and then gets a couple of strikes in and then he wins. And well, yeah. I was like, I want my money back. This is what he's been doing his whole fucking career. Uh, not his whole career. Most of his career, like since uh, he became like the, the last like eight,
1: eight, ten years.
2: Yeah. He he doesn't have a lot of knockouts though, right? In his career, like he usually no, just but kinda... he,
1: he he in his later in like you know these past years, yeah. he's been more of a uh, count defensive counter yeah. puncher. Whereas earlier in his career, he was, he was he was a lot more of attack mode, like offensive, like. Putting pressure on yeah. people.
2: I know Connor is not a boxer, but that's basically what it did with Connor. Well, he just waited Connor out till Connor got tired, and then knocked it, him out. It's basketball
1: and football. Yeah, that's two different sports, and it's two different types of conditioning. So, yeah, he, you know Mayweather's like, you guys are in my fucking lane. You know, if Mayweather went over to MMA, he'd get smoked. But um, you know, it's, yeah. yeah like I, I heard, like people were like, "Oh, Logan Paul actually won rounds." It's like, well, first of all, you got to remember, there's no judges yeah in these rounds so mayweather's like cool you think you won a round like that's it yeah
2: because there's no one that can verify there's no one that, that can actually so... verify
1: it but he was also like check this out i'm gonna let you punch your punch yourself out for the next first three rounds and then uh four five six seven and eight i'm putting it on you and you're gonna yeah. fucking hate it you're gonna hate life while i'm dragging you like you know through these rounds and i i watched some highlights and i saw like uh paul get clipped and you can tell like he got hurt because he uh he was hugging yeah. On Mayweather. But, um, tell you the truth, man, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a gentleman's agreement in the back saying, Hey, Logan, Paul, just being like, Hey, Mayweather, just let me go eight rounds with you. Yeah. That way I have, I have some credibility, um, to say that I've, I went with, you know, eight rounds with the greatest. And now it makes them more money time.
2: because now they can, now they can put Jake Paul in there, there with, you go. with Mayweather.
1: And there you go. There you go. It's all business yeah these guys are all working together to get as much money as they possibly can and it's fucking smart i don't fucking blame them you know uh mayweather is already his his, his he's a hall of famer yeah he, he he's already gonna be a legend uh his place in the greats he's already you know
2: he has nothing left to prove
1: so now it's like just get as much money as you can
2: it's like brady continuing to come back it's like cool if he wins the super bowl great if not he's His legacy is not going to be tarnished by year 25 in Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. So, and, and anybody who's like, oh, well, you know, Mayweather took it easy on him, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? They pulled Pro Wrestling 101 on you guys. Pro Wrestling 101. Pro Wrestling started as a legit competition, right? A legitimate match. Problem is with these matches, they'd go for fucking ever. Yep. Okay. And then the fan base started like falling off. And this was high class. Like these weren't like, you know, like the bottom of like, you know, like middle class, lower class society that was all into wrestling. It was the rich. They would go to these freaking like opera halls and watch, you know, like Carl Gotch uh, wrestle. And um, it'd be ours. It'd be hours that they were watching these match, and that's not very fun.
2: That's why England still runs some of those shows in those like nice looking ballroom type venues, oh yeah, yeah,
1: all right and uh so then they eventually started, hey, let's try and let us like let's let's work this, let's work this, you know so what do you have now? You have professional wrestling nowadays. okay, so you have let's say a Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, one of the greatest Olympic wrestlers of all times. Did you know he uh he won two gold medals and one with a broken freaking neck?
2: That is something I've heard and right. read.
1: Yes. Now, do you think Stone Cold Steve Austin could legitimately beat Kurt Angle in a legit, a legit shoot fight? No. No. An
2: early Kurt Angle would say the same thing.
1: But if the money's right, if the money's right, Kurt Angle's going to lay down for, for Stone Cold, right? That's
2: actually not true. What? In one of Kurt Angle's earliest meetings when he was getting offered a lot more money... He was like, well, I don't lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Vince yeah, was like, that.
1: And then Vince took care of that shit. Yeah, and
2: then he got signed for far less.
1: But the thing is, if the money's right, it's not always going to be the person who's the, the absolute best in the ring. It's going to be the person that says, pay me enough, yeah, and I will let you do this.
2: Like you said earlier, the best ones, and they're usually the ones that lose most of the time.
1: Yep, exactly, man. Dude, Norman Smiley, let's be real about this. If it was a legit
2: shoot fight, he'd probably he'd probably tie Stone Cold up in a knot, right? Yep. But during the Attitude Era, Gerald Briscoe probably still could have kicked the shit out of half the Attitude Era roster. Yep. Yeah.
1: Like in a shoot, Ken Shamrock legitimately could have kicked the shit out of everybody on that roster. Yep. But he was still taking L's because hey, man, you're there to do you're there to do business. Yep. And if my business today is losing, hey, I gotta lose. And that's why you be respectful, you know. You don't. Um, if 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 a pro wrestler, if or if anybody on, in the indies thinks that like a a win is is like legitimate, you're fucking fooling yourself, man. Yeah, you're fucking fooling yourself. And I I've seen it where like oh,
2: yeah.
1: kids will start getting a little bit of a push, and you know win some matches. And next thing you know, like they, they think they're actually like tough guys, and it's like yo. You ain't tough, dude. Yeah, you ain't tough. I I would see this back when I was in the nightclub security too. So the nights nightclub security, whenever you're involved in a physical altercation, the numbers ninety nine point nine percent of the time is going to be on your side, right? Well, at least where I worked at, not not a you know there might be other places where they uh, they were uh, you know, but my my experience was that we always had the numbers on our side. So I'd start seeing kids, you know, thinking they were tough. And I'd be like, hey, I want you to remember this. You uh, you go out around these bars around here, right? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, so are these people that you are getting into physical altercations with. Remember that. Remember that. That's why you don't, you don't want to get into physical altercations. It's because you might see these motherfuckers outside of these walls. And you might not be in uniform. And you might not have 20 other motherfuckers looking out for you. So... Be humble. If you get into a physical education, don't be stupid and try and talk shit to that person. Be humble and just understand it's just business. And remind, remember this, you ain't shit. You're still not a tough guy. You're only tough because you have 20 other people behind you. So that's my rant. But um, yeah, so everything we do, on it's all predetermined you know i don't think i'm i don't think i'm exposing anything out of i
2: I would hope in 2021 that this isn't exposing anything so
1: when you you know if, if you if you have a win over somebody don't try and act like it was a legitimate win because that person gave you the win yeah gave you the win
2: do you think Josh Brolin walked around after uh Infinity War came out and says i won yep i won no because it was a movie
1: no nope, no nope. it was it yep that's it man and yeah so uh Logan Paul, Mayweather, uh, Jake Paul, all they're you're basically doing everybody in legitimate combat sports now has jumped on the pro wrestling hype train. Yeah. Going, "Oh wait, Vince McMahon, what was it, 20 years ago, 30 35 years ago, said pro wrestling is sports entertainment. It is scripted." And apparently broke the biggest rule ever in pro wrestling right? Don't expose the business yeah. he exposed it and still made billions off of it because of the way he hyped it up and then all these combat sports guys even even uh you know like professional uh you know uh sports teams were like, "Wait a minute, man, if we talk some shit, if we talk some shit, people are going to think like." There's like a lot more behind than the behind this than there really is. Yep, it's all a work, man. It's all a work. Now, when night of the fight, let's say like, and I'm not talking about like Mayweather, Logan, uh, Logan Paul. I'm talking about just like any UFC fight, boxing match. Hey, whatever happens in the, in, the, in the ring happens, but everything leading up to it, it was all manufactured. It was all, hey, pro wrestling 101.
2: Even leading up to Logan Paul Mayweather, they had all these things where, like, Logan Paul took his hat and said, I got your hat. Yeah. Mayweather wanted – and then after the fight, Mayweather's like, oh, he surprised me in there. And then Logan Paul's like, "Ah, I love Floyd. I really respect him, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, well. Yep. Right there, these two people who were wanting to kill each other before the fight are now buddy-buddy.
1: Yep, yep it's all it's pro wrestling one on one man as much as people wanna shit on pro wrestling being like oh it's fake you know it's not real all these motherfuckers try to try, try to you know took the model yeah. and said bring it over here bring it over here because man look at they're selling tickets they are selling tickets people are buying they're selling you know they're selling out arenas they're selling out stadiums for a worked match yep. what that sounds amazing. that that sounds in- like insane. But, you know what? It worked and Vince McMahon is a fucking genius. Yep. And uh and now everybody else saw it and said, "Hey, let's do let's try this out.
2: Let's do the same thing.
1: Let's do the exact same thing." Yeah, man. What else? We got anything else to talk about or should we just move on to the uh to the Judas interview? Uh, I
2: think that's the only question we got. I did drop it pretty late because I did not know for certain if we were recording today or not, so.
1: Yep. Yeah. We'll put it in there. Uh, so this is going to be uh, a interview with Judiz. We did this two weekends ago. Two
2: weekends ago. I two don't think anything ago. is, and it is out of date at this point. No. I mean, obviously, it's, you guys are talking about a match that hasn't happened yet. But yeah, it, ha- it has happened now. But yeah. Otherwise, I think it's all bunt pretty much. Him talking about the last year of, yeah, everything and whatnot. So
1: yeah, man, check it out. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. It was, uh, I mean, Jude is literally like, you know, he logged off of all social media. He, uh, he kind of just went, he went off the grid. He went off the grid for, uh, all of 2020 basically.
2: And if you listen to his reasoning, it makes perfect sense why he did it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I thought it was interesting, you know, I wanted to, uh, hear his take on you know everything that happened in 2020 because i didn't i i, I texted him and, and messaged him a few times in 20s so just to be like hey how you doing you know make sure you're okay but uh, i hadn't really talked to him too much about like what was ha- like going through his mind when uh when everything was going on in 2020 that fucking, you know crazy mess of a year it
2: all seems like such a blur now because i mean we're at the point now where things are kind of starting to get back to normal but yeah like, you just think about last year and you're just like wow all that fucking happened in 365 days. like, You God. know, it,
1: it felt like it was... Now that we are kind of out of it, right? Yeah. We're, we're at least, you know, not completely in this shit. Um, it
2: feels like so long ago for some reason. Well, yeah, because I think the joke during it was like a month was basically a year. Yeah. Like, you forget some of the shit that happened last year. Like, Kobe Bryant died. Yep. People... F- completely forgotten about that like it's that was like the first month of the year and you're like oh that's the worst thing that's gonna happen and then nope just kept going
1: wild stuff man you know but anyways uh yeah so this is uh judas he's uh sitting in on the hogsman podcast enjoy we'll be back next week and uh thank you guys die, take it easy you're gonna die you're gonna rap dog Right, you're listening to one of the three hogsmen. Don't know where Devin's at. Mm. Big Duke said maybe next week, mm. but uh, I got somebody here with me. This man is hard to get. I've, I've been begging him, <laughs> been hitting him up to do the, the podcast, <laughs> and uh, finally got him. He, 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 I knew you were going to be here at the Level Up Pro Wrestling Studios. <laughs> I said, you ain't getting it. Adam and I backed him into a corner, said, sit down and hold on to this microphone and talk
2: mike has talked so much about you you're like the mystery like opponent oh you're like, wow you're like i got i gotta meet this guy mike's been talking about you for so long oh. anyways we have
0: a uh, judiz julius coleman what's cracking man what's man. going on you guys it's been a
1: long time yeah it's been a hot minute it's been a lot you got your, your in-ring return tonight yes how's that feel
0: uh i'm ready to get it over with
3: <laughs>
1: yeah
0: ready to get the Get this one under my belt and get it over with, so I can just look at the footage and see where I need to tighten up.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you've been training. I mean, you've been here what about the past month? Little well, month. Yep. Yeah. And uh, month, just month and a half. Knocking the rust off.
0: Yep. Slowly but surely. I've been in the gym for the last two months and uh, trying to lose the quarantine gut. Oh man. I had a six pack before. I got five more to go.
1: So. Mm. I remember so when they finally lifted like uh I think it was after the first shutdown uh they lifted it and uh Hunter and I were able to come in here and and get in the ring and you know that was after like what six eight weeks more than that uh the first the first shutdown i can't remember how long exactly yeah because i think it somewhere. stopped
2: during the summer of last year a little bit that's kind of i think when the initial shutdown stops so yeah. like april to like maybe june so hunter year.
1: and i came in here and we just started you know running you know just trying to knock the rest. and we were sprawled out on the canvas stuck in wind <laughs> couldn't breathe and this was after like just one spot you know like yeah. we were just it, in ring cardio, man, it's a it's different. different beast, bro. How yeah. was it when you first got back? The first training session back?
0: Um, I was sucking wind, bro. <laughs> Benny had me sucking wind for show, bro. Uh, we did one drill. Hunter broke me in, and after that, I was like, All right, "Let me, uh, let me chill for a little bit, catch up for a little bit, and get my win." But <clears throat> for the most part, uh, they've they've done me well with getting my cardio back into shape, and yeah, yeah
1: it's good man like it's one you know obviously running uh doing any kind of cardio at the gym that's good it helps but getting in the ring you got to learn it's it's a it's a whole nother animal because you're running you're falling down you're getting up you're falling you're getting down it's it, it just it 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 really takes a toll on you and if you aren't practicing that your body when it finally gets back in the ring goes wait a minute
0: i ain't used to this, used to this. <laughs> yeah it's like
1: when i played hockey back in high school we would do you know sprints around the uh the rink mm-hmm. but um during a game if you fell and you had to get up it just sucked the life out of you man because your body was like wait a minute i, I haven't trained this part you know yeah. plus you're getting up on skates mm-hmm. you know you got you got you know padding on and all this kind of stuff it's heavier right and it would just d- destroy you it was so weird yeah but uh that's just I remember that's one thing from hockey that I remember is like we would do all these sprints and all that kind of stuff. But the second you fell down in a game, you had to push your ass up. You were you were blown up after that for some reason.
0: So yeah, man. Yeah, doing that I was on a treadmill for the last two months. Just trying to get back into it, you know, get my cardio up. And um that first week here and level up, it was <laughs> it was yeah. completely different, bro. You yeah.
1: Hitting the ropes, did you have to recondition your back? or?
0: No, nah, taking bumps. Yeah. Yeah. Take Just the constant bumping, bumping, bumping. Yeah. That took a toll on me. But <laughs> after, you know what? I forgot to breathe the first time. It's, it's been over a year. Knocked the wind out of myself. and. <clears throat> oh, you forgot you know. to exhale on Yeah, that. I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> Knocked the wind out of myself. And I was like, all right, well, that's only going to happen one time. And yeah. I've been good since then.
1: So uh, let's see late 2019 early 2020 Mm -hmm. you had some you had some traction going on man you uh you were going to a few places you were wrestling up north at apw Mm -hmm. uh some other places and then um you had a big opportunity coming up uh you were going to wrestle at uh mania weekend Mm -hmm. uh for gcw for the culture Mm -hmm. which was a uh primarily african-american show i believe right
0: all black wrestlers
1: and uh you know unfortunately the world said "fuck off COVID said no you ain't and uh how that how'd that feel man knowing that like because anybody out there that's uh not in the wrestling business mania just being asked to come work a a a mania weekend is a big it's a big big deal yeah it's a a big deal you know because you you might get in front of uh more eyes Mm -hmm. uh maybe other promoters that haven't seen you uh go oh who's this guy and then they see what you got and it, it, it opens the doors up right what was your expectations going into Mania weekend and and then when it got canceled how'd that feel?
0: Well, <clears throat> my expectations going into it I I had like a big opportunity before Mania weekend. Uh I was booked to wrestle TJP mm-hmm. at APW uh, maybe 2 weeks before Mania weekend. So I was looking forward to that, just training hard for that. Um and for many a weekend uh although i was only booked for one show it's only booked for one show out there but i was making connections to try to get on other shows because mm-hmm. it's a whole weekend thing it's, it shows the all day you know what i mean um so i was you know making my rounds trying to network with people trying to get on shows that i wasn't originally booked on um meeting people showing face you know and um I had got new gear made, all this stuff. I'm super hyped about it. Yeah. You know, it's a big opportunity for me. And at that point as well, I felt like I was just coming into my own character, like coming into my own uh, in a way that was completely different than what I had been seeing before and basically in my own lane. You feel mm-hmm. me? Uh, Around that time, like we all know it was before the pandemic there was this this type of black renaissance you know coming on and and bubbling and you know black wrestlers matter and you know all these hashtags you know popping online and everything and all that is cool but i felt like i was the only one here on the west coast that was really trying to put on "Quote unquote" for the culture mm-hmm. before that was, you know, even a big thing. You were saying that
1: way before
0: yeah. anybody else. Yeah. I felt like I was. I was. Uh, I had my respect. The co- mine was respect. The culture. Okay. You feel me? Um, my transition it started a little slow because I I was doing I started off doing like a, a old school '80s hip hop gimmick. You know what I mean? And if you look at my gimmick closely, you can see how it mirrors hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How it started off with, you know, it's the boombox. Um, you know, it's the graffiti. You know what I mean? We got the big dookie rope chains. We got the the big glasses on, the kangos. I was going with that. And just like hip hop, it transitioned more into a knowledge of self type of, type of vibe. You know what I mean? Like Tribe Called Quest, X-Clan, mm-hmm. these type of uh, groups and artists so i kind of the to be honest with you i didn't want to just totally smack the people in the face with boom this is me this this pro black wrestler boom boom you know what i mean i wanted to slowly transition them into what i wanted to be and what i saw myself being in the long run um and i felt like the easiest way to bring the people along with me on that ride was to use the vehicle of hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the most influential genre, trillion dollar industry, in the world. You go to Japan, you go to Australia, you can go anywhere in the world, and you go you will find a hip hop community there. Uh-huh. So, I felt like that was the the vehicle for me to take the people with me into my transition into being this quote unquote pro-black wrestler you know what i mean um so fast forward i'm 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 looking forward to to going to wrestlemania weekend in orlando everything i got my ticket benny had vouched for me to get some bookings out there uh you know i I had a lot of people had my back you know and um i felt the pressure was on me a little bit but that's never a bad thing um i was just Really looking forward to being in front of new eyes and doing my thing, showcasing my ability, but doing it in a way that I saw myself doing it from the start. And I, I feel like the people saw a little bit of that right before the, the pandemic when I wrestled Matt Vandergriff at um Ground Zero ground, at Ground Zero. Um basically what it was is in in my eyes, I bring up a topic of black history, black culture. I tell you, hey, you need to study this. I'm going to have some questions for you. And if you can't answer the questions, I'm going to have to beat them out of you. Yeah. And and I felt like I got with that one match, and that was the introduction of my my mindset as a wrestler. You know what I mean? I was in my own lane. I never seen nobody do that before. I never seen nobody, you know, take it to that level. And the feedback that I got from it was, it was positive. You know, some, a lot of people said like, this is something completely different. I've never seen this before and it can draw. Uh-huh. And it was intense. It makes people uncomfortable. And little did we know that was the precursor to, a lot of uncomfortability that occurred in the summer of 2020. Yes. You know,
1: nothing worse than getting your ass kicked and having to take a pop quiz at the same time. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> it I, I felt like it was, it was me just, you know, being true to who I am, but still like putting you on the spot a little bit, like, all right, like you say, you cool with this. You say you, you down, you hip. Uh-huh. Okay. How much you really know. And if you, you don't know, Let's find out.
1: You know what's interesting? I, obviously, I've seen basically your whole career. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might have been there day one uh, when, yeah. when you first showed up to yeah. training. And uh, when actually, you and Joe Gamble mm-hmm. uh, showed up to train together because you guys were friends in the past.
0: Yep. Went to high school together, played football, all the shit. And then
1: did you guys stay in contact the whole time?
0: No. we. Um, he left our high school uh, my senior year uh-huh. or our senior year. He had moved. <clears throat> out out of san francisco i graduated went to north carolina came long story short we graduated in 2005 we didn't link back up until 2013 okay and uh during that time span i had met, went my route he went his route which was he joined the marines and everything i was i uh, moved down here to san diego be with my girl my wife now and um uh, I just remember being on the train, getting a message on Facebook like, hey, what's up, Jew? You in San Diego? I'm like, yeah, I'm in San Diego. How you know? Like, He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the Marines. I'm at Camp Pendleton. Like, All right, cool, bro. We exchanged numbers, linked up. Come to find out, he literally lived five minutes from me.
1: Oh, no shit. Yeah.
0: He he stayed off base. And he him and his wife literally stayed five minutes from me. And um, at that point, I was going to the SoCal Pro shows, me and my brother. And uh, we asked Joe if he wanted to rock with us. We start going to the shows, all three of us together. Um, little did I know he already had wrestling experience. He had trained with uh, APW. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um. He he did some some circuit where you can gain a free wrestling scholarship, and uh, he came in second to, I believe, Jacob Fatou. Oh no shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he came in second. So. Um, Little dude, I know he had that wrestling experience, but we was going to the shows and everything, and I just remember him looking at me like, bro, we could, bro, that's our dream, like, Mm -hmm. man, and at at that point as well, like, I was going to shows, but I was living uh, vicariously through. Video games, you feel me? i'm Create myself on wow. the game and all <laughs> this shit. And he like, bro, real mark stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, that's how it started though. To keep it a buck, man. The wrestlers are the biggest marks. Yeah, man. that's what. That's what. It yeah, is. and it's the only thing that's been constant in my whole life. You feel me? Yeah. Since I was a little boy, it's the only thing that's been. I remember sitting in front of my grandma's bed, watching WCW. I remember having a wrestling buddy, wrestling birthday parties. You know, whenever I was. You know, down and out, wrestling was always there. Who was your wrestler back when you were younger? I had it's levels to it. Uh-huh. As a little kid. for yeah, who,
1: who's like your, first, like your first... My first favorite,
0: yeah. Ultimate Warrior. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
1: Okay, all right. First favorite, Ultimate Warrior. You know what's interesting? Because they, they just had a, the A&E biography, right? I, I just watched
0: it last night. you watch night? it? And just The just... Dark Side of the Ring. And
1: The Dark Side
2: of the Ring. Haven't seen The Dark Side yet. Neither
1: have I. I heard The Dark, si- the dark Side shows a lot more...
2: It's a forty-five-minute burial. Okay. Literally, literally <laughs> yeah. all they do is talk shit about him like the whole time. But you except know what's for interesting? Ex-wife. What's interesting yeah. is,
1: you know, and this is something I have to remind myself now, being in the business, mm-hmm. where I might see somebody who's over as fuck, but maybe doesn't have the skills, but they have something, obviously. Right. They have something, and I have to remind myself when I was a kid, even in like when I was in high school watching the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. there might have been wrestlers that were the shits. But I still liked him. Dude, listen. Uh, Ahmed Johnson, you talked to a lot of wrestlers that were in that locker room. They were like, Ahmed was the shits. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had a horrible attitude in the back and all that kind of stuff. But yet,
3: I, I fucking You connected loved him. with him, yeah. I loved
1: him, man. His fucking finisher was at the Pearl, uh, Pearl, Pearl River, River Plunge. Yeah. Was sick. He was yoked up. Uh, you know, I liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing with, like, the Warrior is I, I didn't notice how bad he was back when I was a kid. I just
0: you saw the colors you saw right. him
1: coming out like a freight
0: train right you know like he had something bruh. i still remember i don't think i've ever told nobody this fucking uh i remember my my mom she she taped wrestlemania 8 for me mm-hmm. i used to watch this shit every day my favorite match of all time is on that pay-per-view and the first time i ever cried Watching wrestling. Really? Yes. Wow. I don't think I've ever cried watching wrestling. As a little kid, I cried when the warrior came out to help Hulk at the end against Sid. <laughs> I literally cried, bro, as a kid. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So um and then my favorite match of all time, Brett versus Piper. Okay. Is on that show. And that really showed me the art of storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, not just the match, but the promo, the the pre match promo that set up the match, showed me that like this, this really is art and storytelling. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? 100%. So looking back, uh, that's probably my favorite pay per view of all time because I connected with it so much as a kid.
1: Yeah, yeah. So your first was Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. My my, my first, my first like, like this is my wrestler. Mm-hmm.
0: This is your guy, JYD, Junkyard Dog. That's See, my
1: first memory of wrestling, dude.
0: I I, I was yeah that was way before, it was before your time was before my time yeah. yeah
1: so who okay who'd you move into next
0: next was bret hart
1: same here yep. same here man bret hart was the, he man. Was the guy yep yeah okay and then was do you remember another wrestler being after that
0: uh i was i was a little torn because i fucked with brett uh-huh but then Austin came yeah, in like I'm, a fucking same, freight same train, thing, bro. Man. Same and thing. like he was making Brett look like a sucker. I'm like, bro, but he ain't lying though. Yep. Like, you feel me? He might be crying, like, portraying as a crybaby, but he ain't lying though. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. So I was kind of touring between the two. I fuck with him. But then right after that, I got um you remember the fucking um the preview guide channel? ah uh, yes i i it's so old yeah so old. <laughs> right oh my god so yeah, like, okay, right. you know you gotta so, wait a full two minutes for the whole okay.
1: run everybody all you youngins out there the preview guide <laughs> imagine okay on your remote control now you hit guide and no matter what channel you're on a guide will show you and you can flip through it and, at and the speed scroll, at the
0: speed that you want at your
1: speed yeah the preview guide was like channel two or some, you know, some off channel and all the channels <laughs> scrolled slowly and it would show you what was on and what was coming up. God, you just, I, I, you just blew my mind. People
2: were like, wait, so you had to wait two minutes to see what was on so, channel four? So like, yeah, you about, didn't just yeah. know, you had to wait. You're like, I don't know
1: what time the game's on. Think about TV guide, but that was on your TV. Yeah. You know, man, wow, I forgot but, about but that. But you remember
0: how like they would show the trailers to whatever pay-per-view yep. movies or whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, live events that was going on. I remember seeing a ECW trailer for, um, on the T- on the TV Guide channel. And I was like, what is this? Like it's wrestling, but I never, never heard of ECW. And, uh, I'm from the hood. We had the bootleg cable. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wish. we So <laughs> at least, uh, I got to see this for the free. And, um, So my next favorite was Rob Van Dam.
3: Oh, no shit. So you
1: see, I never got into ECW because in San Diego, I didn't know when the fuck it came on. I was like, I don't know how to watch ECW. And then was it like two in the morning on like a Wednesday or something like that? It
0: was some crazy. I I remember my friend telling me about it uh, because he was from the East Coast originally and he had moved to the Bay Area. And I guess his I stayed in the same complex with his cousin and uh. Hey man, you ever heard of ECW? He's like, yeah, this guy Sabu, he's like stabbing this guy with a fork and all this. Shit. I'm like, what are you talking about? Then I seen that preview guide channel. I was like, oh, uh-huh. this is what he's talking about. And they were showing fucking Cactus Jack and these explosions and all this they, shit. They, and I, they'd
1: always show that uh, spot where um, RVD does a springboard to the outside side, into the crowd. Into the crowd, and yep. that was like you saw yeah. that, and you are like, God damn. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh. I just remember watching it, and I was like, yeah, I was pretty hooked. Yeah. I was fucking hooked, yeah. Yeah,
1: I never I never got into the ECW thing because I just didn't know when to watch it. So I was a WWF,
2: you know, well, WCW guy.
0: In in Frisco, they only ran the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I could only see the pay-per-views. I couldn't see the weekly TV. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: I think that was like a strictly East Coast thing. Because I knew I saw it because I lived out in New yeah. York, so I would see it at like 2 in the morning. I didn't know what the fuck it was either. I'm like, what is Sid doing on this random other wrestling promotion <laughs> but yeah i don't
0: know i don't know if they had it out here yeah they didn't they didn't have it in at least in the bay area they didn't have it until they uh got to do with TN. i know
1: um because jeff dino brought it up to me he, jeff you know he he watched like everything and he was like yeah we he had to record it at like two in the morning on like an odd like a weeknight uh vcr style right you know because that's how it was <laughs> back in the day But uh, this is interesting so we brought i brought up that you know i was there basically when i might have been there your first day i don't know Mm -hmm. but uh, i remember you guys you and uh uh joe gamble debuting as the rebel renegades and then eventually you went on to have a singles career and this is interesting because i I didn't really pick this up is when you did first do your like with with the rebel renegades you had the hip-hop but it was more about the team uh the the tag team and Mm -hmm. But when you went singles, you had a lot more hip hop influence, I believe. Yeah. And I now that you say this, I go, holy shit! You know, I'd, I'd even recognize it is, you know, you started with the the thick rope chains, the big ass fucking boombox. By mm-hmm. the way, ter- terrible, <laughs> terrible gimmick decision
0: <laughs> because that thing was trying huge. to trying to lug that thing around. It's like Hunter's oh dumbass God, when bro. he
1: uh, he first started wrestling and he would come out with, a keg. with the keg The It's like good luck, <laughs> fucking bringing that thing around everywhere.
2: Fly out somewhere and they gotta bring the keg exactly. with you, like, bro. Yeah, I,
0: I've I've actually done that with the boombox, bro. Do they like ask you about it or? Well, they they scan it, they check it for explosives or whatever. Yeah. The first but... thing they
1: look at and they go, "What the fuck is this?" Because
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like those things don't exist anymore than big ass yeah, boombox. My shit was sick though, man. It, it was it was tricked Wi-Fi. out.
1: But so yeah, you, then you and then you you eventually kind of phased that portion out, mm-hmm. and you started coming out a lot more you know serious with you know like the the attitude and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I, yeah you're right man it's kind of that evolution of hip-hop um now i'm a white boy from ramona which is primarily white but i do know my shits when it comes to i know hip-hop. you know your
0: shit we <laughs> and if any
1: like so here here's like a, a a thing with hip-hop is it started uh almost as a educational tool You know, Mm -hmm. you have the message from Grandmaster Flash, Mm -hmm. a lot lot of those earlier cats. If you listen to the rap, it was very educational. Like, hey, this is what's going on in the ghettos, in Mm -hmm. the hoods. Mm -hmm. This is the problems, Mm -hmm. you know? And then uh, you had uh, the drug dealers said, I can rap too. And then you started to, you know, rap about drug Mm dealers and doing all that kind of stuff. Then you had the gangbangers say, hey, I can rap too. And they start rapping about gangbanging and all that kind of stuff. And then the people that did the drugs, (laughs) currently, right now, this is where we are. The people that did the drugs go, I can rap too. And they start rapping about about doing the
0: drugs. About drug use. So all
1: that message in the beginning of hip hop, where it was like, stay away from drugs. Be positive, all that kind. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it's complete opposite. It, it, of am I correct spectrum. on this?
0: Yeah, you're, it, it's the complete opposite of the spectrum. Now, it's yeah. it's very interesting. It's yeah. very interesting. Don't expect my my persona to go that route. Either. It <laughs> stops right here, bro. <laughs> it stops right here, man. <laughs> it, it,
1: but it, it, you know, like it, it, yeah, it, 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 it's it's crazy to to uh, to think that. And you know that the the bad thing I, I I I feel this is if you have somebody who's coming out trying to be positive. In in, in hip hop, mm-hmm.
3: if label, they don't have
0: street cred, mm-hmm. they label corny.
1: Exactly, and it's like, wait a minute, hold on, like this person is trying to give a different influence mm-hmm. to the younger generation, different
0: perspective as well. And mm-hmm.
1: unfortunately, it gets overshadowed by the people that do have that street uh 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 cred, street cre- cred.
0: I, I don't know, materialistic vibes,
1: and it, you know, unfortunately, that person who doesn't have that street by uh, street credit will get. Kind of pushed out of the business I guess you could say a little bit So, you know, it's kind of like Hey, you know, this guy's trying to
0: Yeah, I have a I have a I have a I wouldn't even say a weird take Because I know a lot of people feel like this It's all driven by corporations now Mm -hmm. Um, Hip-hop is a giant conglomerate of Different uh, Media You know Mainstream media Um, Basically, back in the day Like you said, we had You know X Clan and Poor Righteous Teachers and Tribe Called Quest. And, you know, I could name Rakim, Eric B., and, you know, Big Daddy Kane and all these guys. And, you know, when you, and how can I forget Public Enemy? When mm-hmm. we had all these, all these, um, classic artists and groups, you know, I felt like the frequency of the music was just, it was too much to handle, you know, and, and if, if you got, <clears throat> if you got these artists bringing this frequency to, to, to the youth, then you're not going to be profiting from the drug use, the guns, the violence, the prison system. All I I feel like it's a whole system derived to make money in the most negative way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it wasn't long before it wasn't long after you know all these uh righteous artists you know with the message in their music they fell by the wayside and then you know NWA came shook it up and it's been like that ever since yeah. you know what i mean you might hear a few here and there um but it's not like it was it was a ba- it was a balance let me just say that it was more of a balance. You did, you had your gangster shit, mm-hmm. you had your, your 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 righteous shit, you had your, your 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 kid and play, you know what I mean? Fuck yeah, your fun shit, you know what I mean? It was a full spectrum of of the music, you know what I mean? But now I feel like it's just the fucking seesaw is just weighed so much heavily on the drug use, the drug selling, the fucking gangster. the 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 wet ass pussy and all it. Like, come yeah. on now, bro, yeah. come on. And now that. <clears throat> I have kids. You know what I mean? It changes completely, bro. Yeah. Completely. Like, I remember being in the car with my dad and he's slapping Tupac, Mm -hmm. you know? I remember knowing the words to Shorty want to be a thug, driving across the Bay Bridge with my pops. Mm -hmm. I remember fucking going on road trips. My dad had a fucking bag full of cassette tapes. And I'm asking him, who is Big Daddy Kane? Like, Big Daddy came. who is this? And he putting me on all these different artists. But now, I've, it isn't shifted so much that my daughter's not going to know about Cardi B and Megan Thee <laughs> <and> Stallion. <laughs> yeah. And my son ain't going to know about fucking NBA Youngboy and all these cats. Like, I'm so much out of the game. I don't even listen to this shit, bro. Yeah. Like, I throw on my fucking Pandora or my Spotify, and I'm listening to fucking Public Enemy Radio or... um. <clears throat> The most current guys I listen to now is, is a guy from uh from the east named Kambada He's more of a metaphysical rapper, you know what I mean? What does that mean metaphysical or metaphys- um, More like uh spiritual. Okay. Um um how can how can I phrase it? Like um not necessarily um I don't like voodoo or anything like that, but like uh involves astrology, um Different like different types of re- not really different types of religion, but not like hardcore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just uh,
1: he's just he's he's rapping more about spiritual, religious, uh, earthly. I guess or, you could say yeah. it's not it's not about gangbanging. It's, it's, it's not no, about the streets. No, it's not, not about that. That's not cool, man.
0: Hey, he he'll incorporate like he he'll, he'll drop some bars where you know what I mean. You you'll hear some gangster shit, but you know he'll tie it into something. Completely different to where you you got to rewind it like yeah. to even get what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like he got uh, a <clears throat> he he got a song it, it, it called uh, Yahwashai. He's talking about like doing ayahuasca and, and shit like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like diving deep within yourself. You know what I mean? They got the phrase "as above, so below," so meaning like whatever's going on in the stars and astrology above us same thing is going on down here on earth you just got to be able to connect the dots you know and shit like that interesting so that's that i'm i, I love cambada that's my favorite artist right now but as far as the, the new wave bro I, I feel like i'm an og bro i got to turn on the radio i don't know what's playing
1: <laughs> I, I, i'm right there with you a lot of times my wife is a lot better at it than me she she has she knows artists that i'm like i have no idea who that is but uh so you know 2020 obviously when they in the future when they you know have the year 2020 in the textbooks the chapter should just read hold on to your dicks because this fucking shit's about to get wild with everything you know going on it you know you you basically said you had to cut yourself off yeah basically yeah hey what 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 was the you know was there something that made you think like hey i gotta turn off all the social media because you because you you went off the grid yeah and I think it was probably a good decision I wish I would have but you know the shit was just so entertaining you know as far as social media like it was just nuts man you know like you had to watch everything that was going on I I was a sucker what uh what what, what, was there something that you were like hey I gotta log off all
0: right there was a series of events that led up to me um removing myself from social media uh and this was before the George Floyd killing and before the riots. This is, I would say, a few weeks before this. Um, I just noticed how I'm a big hip hop guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a. I am ai just, I just notice how easily narratives switch due to social media and mainstream media. Uh Uh-huh. Like my my first my first time like really sitting back shutting my fucking mouth and looking at it watching with my own eyes narrative shifts and Seeing that people I I love and I'm cool with people. I know friends family associates peers wrestling homies old classmates old co-workers like really just show their true colors Mm -hmm. and that was with the colin kaepernick kneeling thing okay so that occurred and keep in mind he said what he said i had no problem with it my grandfather my um excuse my great-grandfather was in the military my father-in-law is in the military. My brother-in-law is in the military. I love these guys. Got no problem with it. You know what I mean? Respect it. One thing my father told me was to never put my life on the line for a country that don't give a fuck about you. And he told me that as a young kid, and that's the one thing that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I thought about joining to get a free ride to college and all that stuff but my dad is in the back of my head you know what i mean i notice how that went from hey these kids these particularly young black males are getting killed in the street and there's no accountability for it you know what i mean these guys are basically getting paid vacations and they're getting taps slaps on the wrist you know nothing is happening you know and cap did what he did he felt the way he felt. And I just watched that shift from police brutality to fuck the flag, fuck the military, fucking fuck the NFL, all this shit, right? So that was the first one. I sat back and watched that. Then I just remember uh being on Instagram, falling through like this rabbit hole, man. This was when the verses first started. The verses that uh Timbaland and Swiss Beats created yes. the versus yes, battles, yes. right? And
1: uh real quick, anybody that doesn't really, uh it's a it's a channel, like an Instagram channel, right? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, start off as an Instagram It'll channel. It'll take yeah. two uh rappers and just have them kind of play their back hits. And for- yeah. yeah,
0: play their hits back and forth. Yeah. You know, basically challenge each other with their hits, but still like showing these guys, um yeah. giving them their flowers while they're still here, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Type of deal. And uh I just I fell into this rabbit hole and I'm pretty sure y'all can relate where you, you see something, you click a comment or a hashtag and you find something else that you click something else, you yeah. fall, and you just fall and fall and fall and fall. Yeah. And I landed somewhere that I, I don't normally reside or, you know, pay attention to, you, you know, didn't, know what you I mean? Didn't like being there too? I, no, Yeah. no. And, um, the attack on black masculinity was reaching the forefront of social media. And I was just like, man, like, damn, I can't even watch this fucking versus battle without fucking comments being flooded with fucking negativity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. Yeah. You know, I'm done with this shit. And I think around that same time, uh, the ahmaud arbery killing had just occurred and um the brianna taylor murder was you know had just resurfaced and i just like this shit is too much to fucking handle bro it's wild like i i gotta go I, I gotta get the fuck off of this shit you know what i mean and it was more like a combination of both things um just me being being numb by the shit man fucking trauma porn I can't fucking sit up here and just randomly go on my search feed or, you know, I'm scrolling and I see somebody that look like me or my cousin fucking laid out on the floor. You know what I mean? You can only see that shit so much till it fucking does something to you. You feel me? I remember breakdown crying, talking to one of our peers, fucking Anthony Idol. He reached out to me when uh, Alton Sterling got killed. I remember watching the video fucking broke down i don't know this man at all you know but that shit it it did something to me you know what i mean and after you see it more and more and occurs and occur and occur you know you get numb to it you get you know desensitized and i was off social media i was like you know what it's one thing to just fucking deactivate your shit you know what i mean but As a wrestler, we need we need social media for our platform, you know? It, yeah. We need it to promote ourselves, our brands, upcoming shows, all this shit. It's a double-edged sword. It is. So I told myself, I'm not going to deactivate my shit. I'm just going to fucking take the apps off my phone. You know what I mean?
1: Out of sight, out of mind. Out
0: of sight, out of mind. Don't right. got to worry about it, you know? But I told myself, I still need to be connected some way, so I kept my YouTube. Kept YouTube. And um, fucking... Uh, I just remember being outside smoking on something and I see fucking link whatever click it wasn't even a uh it wasn't even on YouTube it was like my main browser my homepage mm-hmm. and uh some news station fucking man man dead whatever I cl- I clicked it it was the George Floyd killing I watched about two minutes of it, or however long it took for him to be, like, calling his mom, and I, I I just shut the shit off. I couldn't take it, and that was the first time I was literally, like, shaking, mm-hmm. watching a video, and, uh, yeah, everybody know how everything went down after that, man, the riots and everything, and. You how know? did
1: how did you feel about because there was it was riots everywhere you mm-hmm. know there was pro mass protests pro- and obviously mm-hmm. some of these protests broke out into riots and mm-hmm. and violence and all that. so I I brought you know I can't remember if I brought this up on the on the on the podcast but I, I think I've you know I know about the 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 1960s the the civil rights movement mm-hmm. um, the way they protested obviously was a lot different mm-hmm. than how they did it uh, back in 2020 you know the Martin Luther King was like, "Listen, we're going to go in peacefully," mm-hmm. and it was very smart, very smart because he knew there was going to be cameras there. And if you walk it, they, you know, obviously you see the the protests happening and they're being uh, being very peaceful. They're just walking,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then, you know, law enforcement unfortunately handled those situations terribly mm-hmm. because they would attack. Right, they would attack people that are not um,
0: not being violent, not being right.
1: violent. Mm-hmm. And they used that footage to get the message across, Mm -hmm. you know, like, listen, this is how they're treating us. Mm -hmm. And it it worked, I have to say, pretty damn well, uh, back then. Um, it was a lot different than what you saw on TV in the, in 2020, Mm -hmm. where it was like, it just seemed like all out chaos. You're like, I don't know who's in the wrong here. I don't know. Is it law enforcement? That's being, Or is it the protesters? You know, like, you know, just, you just see a clash, Mm -hmm. you just see a clash. As opposed to, you know, the 60s where you just saw law, officer, uh, law enforcement bomb rush, peaceful protesting. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the way they were handling protesting and rioting and all that kind of stuff? And it was being mass, you know, that was just on was every channel. right? How, how did you feel about that as far as, do you think it was?
0: I felt like it's about damn time. Really? Fucking man up, fucking nut up. It's, you can only take so much shit yeah you can only take so much until you fucking it it blows over the volcano erupts and all you can do is look at the ashes in that in, in, in a you know the rear view um that's honestly how i felt you know um i, I to keep it a buck with you yes you know the the i'm, I'm not a non-violence type of guy when it comes to that mm-hmm. like if something happens to me or my son Something happens to my family member. I'm. I'm not gonna be nonviolent. I'm not. You know. I feel like that's a a a backhanded compliment to black people. I feel like. I feel like. Why we got to be the only ones to fucking say no? It's all good. Why we always got to be the ones to be like, you know what? I take this one on the chin. It's all good. Why do we, like, we always got to turn the fucking, turn our cheek and fucking, you know, go high when they go low. Sometimes you got to be like, fuck that, bro. That's honestly how I feel. And obviously in the rise, that's how a lot of people feel like, fuck this, bro. And I tell you one thing. I say that, but it's kind of a double-edged sword with me because I feel like that's such an old paradigm and that's a, such an old way of doing. I'm talking about the marching. Mm. That shit. It don't really get. I. This is me. I really don't feel like it gets much done. The only reason I felt like in nineteen fucking sixty. In the nineteen was nineteen sixty three, nineteen sixty eight. After King was assassinated, they only fucking passing laws because they fucking killed him. You know what I mean? And then with these riots and the marching that occurred, like I, I I was able to just like with my social media, me tuning out, I felt like I was able to sit back and watch everything for what it was. Mm-hmm. Things I used to rock with and felt strongly about. I feel the other way To a certain degree And things I used to look at with a side eye Like "Uh, I'm looking like Maybe they wasn't wrong You know what I mean In certain aspects That whole fucking thing was used As a political tool That whole thing was used To get the new president in how i feel i I, that, I can i i can agree with that, you that death that. was used as a it might have been it might not have been intentionally but it's like all right let's just use we it's here why not use it roll with you it know, let's let's roll with it um and then on top of that i feel like out of all that shit all that destruction all the fucking the the tearing down the statues and all this shit it was all symbolic gestures We got nothing tangible out of it. Blacks got nothing tangible out of it. They got fucking streets painted. Black Lives Matter. They got street signs named Black Lives Matter. No laws. No legislation. Nothing passed. The reparations claim... Kind of bubbled a little bit during the debates. The presidential debates a little bit. Some candidates was using it here and there. Nothing came to fruition. Felt like it was all. Symbolic gestures. And then you you see the. The apology tour that followed. It was I feel like it was all an apology tour. Sorry we did what we did when we did it. We sorry. But we still not giving y'all shit.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. And. On top of that, I seen with my own eyes what I read in 2014 after Trayvon Martin was killed. It came to my attention to go to the Black Lives Matter website and read their mission statement. And in that mission statement, it don't say a goddamn thing about straight black men, about fathers, about males being Victims of police brutality. It all had to do with. Other agendas. Dealing with the patriarchy. Of American society. And western culture. Had nothing to do with. The reason. The organization was set up. In the first place. The foundation of why. This organization exists. Is because of the victimization. And police brutality of young black men. You know and i went 2020 i I sat back and i watched it it went in the air and no rbg you know no no it it was just a weird sighting man and i i felt like i was out of place i felt like this this ain't the fight that i want to fight like this narrative ain't the one i was i was sold you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and it just took me back to the Kaepernick thing. How you could you could see something, you could believe it, and you know, with mainstream media and social media, you know, everybody has an opinion. Everybody can voice their opinion, you know, and be heard, be seen, you know, and a wave of opinions can sway a narrative. You know, and I I just had to, I was just like you know what, I'm gonna sit this one out because. And and fucking looking back on it, I'm glad I did because. Still didn't get shit out of it.
1: Yeah, you're I, you're one hundred percent correct. I um <clears throat> prior to. You know everything that happened in twenty twenty. You know you hear like oh yeah fox is more republican cnn is more democrat left Mm -hmm. right all this kind of stuff but never was it more clear to me until 2020 i actually saw it for myself like you would go to one channel Channel. Mm -hmm. it's a different narrative you go to the other channel it's a completely different narrative and it's and you're 100 correct you know when when when, uh kaepernick first took the uh you know started doing the kneeling stuff Mm -hmm. he said it was for police brutality against, uh, black males or, you know, the black culture. And it got shifted really, really quick to, oh, he's disrespecting the military. He's doing all, and it's, you know, to some people, actually a a large amount of people, they would fall into that narrative. Like, yeah, he's disrespecting this person and that, and, and really it it was disgusting to watch people change that ship, you know, or change that narrative Mm -hmm. when it was like, no. He himself said this. Mm -hmm. This is what it's about. But you guys are making it about this. And it has nothing to do with that over there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and now the NFL, well, after the NFL is like, you know, they're playing like, oh, fuck, we got to cut, you know, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead, you know, protest, you know. After all that stuff with Kaepernick, then everything that happened in 2020. And then they're going, oh, shit. He was right. He he was right. Listen, I, uh, you know, I, I've 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 taken a constitutional class. I, I've I understand the Constitution. I understand the Bill of Rights, and what Kaepernick was doing, to me, 100% fine. I don't give a damn. You know, if you don't want to stand for the the, the national anthem, shit. I go to I go to ball games and I see I see cats sitting down during the not during even, the not national Not even a fuck. Yeah, it's just it's just a song. Yeah, that we started playing at sporting events during World War II, right? Like we started doing that when. You know, like is there really a point for the national anthem to be played before a sporting event? Not really. Do we do it? Yeah, I guess we do it just because it's it's what I expected now. Mm-hmm. It's what it, it's what it's it's what it expected. But really, I mean Kaepernick
0: kneeling, was it really that big of an issue?
1: No. Not as far as to get to, to get all worked up about.
0: Mm-hmm. You he know, said he did it to bring attention.
1: And uh and to see like okay, he's trying to do this peacefully. And Just, that st- and that still was a problem. And that was still a problem. Then you saw the protest happen. And that in 2020, wasn't peaceful. And then you go, listen, pick one, pick one. <laughs> Any anybody who's got a problem with with hip kneeling, and they got a problem with uh, you know rioting in the in the streets, pick one.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: you know, like if you are gonna can't have, have, have it problems, both ways, exactly, can't man. have
0: it both ways, bro.
1: It's uh, it, it was it was a, it was a wild year. It was a wild year. Um. I think some good things came out of it, but I also think some bad stuff came out of it. Are mm-hmm. we more divided as a country than we've been probably in the last 30? I mean, since I've been alive, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I, I can't speak of, you know, in the past, but we're, we're, we're a very divided country right now, mm-hmm. you know, and it's over stuff that back in the day you wouldn't even really think of, you know, it's, it, it's people, uh, it's, it's, it's as simple as, are you pro Trump? Are you not pro Trump mm-hmm. that divides people? mm mm-hmm. It's it, it, it's just getting, it, it, I really, really think that a lot of the problem is social media. It's because people are pushing, you know, prior to this, to social media, how many people's uh,
0: political beliefs or what, political affiliation, what, did you really give a shit you, about? Or was they put on the forefront like that? You didn't
1: care. Yeah. Hey,
0: man, you whoever you vote yourself. for,
1: you vote for, whoever I vote for, I vote for. Mm-hmm. But we're still friends because we have a certain, uh, you know, bond over, uh, you know, wrestling or something like mm-hmm. that. So it's it, it just, it's very interesting where we've come, where we, we, where we have gone.
0: Um, but you know, it's funny you say that because at the beginning of 2020 in January, everybody was saying, oh, 2020 vision, oh, I'm going to be able to see clearly, I'm going to be able to observe, you know, clearly in front of me what what's really going on. And I felt like that came to real, real life, you know what I mean? you if you if you if your vision was cloudy in january you saw some shit by july mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you feel me if 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 you wasn't sure about a certain thing at the beginning of the year you was pretty sure by fall you know <laughs> what i mean yeah and you know for some people you know it's a blessing for some people it was a curse but for me overall I feel like it was necessary. You know what I mean? You you can't can't be on both sides of the fence, you know what I mean, or think you're just gonna play the background and you know, go undetected, you know what I mean? Everything comes light, you know what I mean? And <clears throat> just if people didn't use that this the whole year twenty twenty from the riots leading up and COVID the election, all of it, you know what I mean, quarantine, everything, if you didn't use this time you had to better yourself, to better your family, then I feel like you waste your time, you know what I mean, this was really a, a time and a moment to deal with you on the inside, you know what I mean, if you're dealing with it, whatever you're dealing with, you know what I mean, this was a time for you to put all the distractions to the side, all the fucking Whatever. Put all the distractions in the background and focus on you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most I got out of 2020. You figure out what the fuck is important to you and what's not. Yeah, You know what I mean? Is me buying a fucking A for weed every two weeks more important than me living a healthy diet and not trying to get sick from this motherfucking COVID is me fucking watching TV and worshiping these celebrities more important than me fucking getting down on the floor and playing with monster trucks with my son. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is fucking wasting five minutes that turn into fucking an hour scrolling on social media is that more important than me fucking reading a book or fucking having a conversation with my wife? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was a, it was a time for us to check and balance ourselves. You know what I mean? And for some people, like, like you said, it was a blessing for some people. It might've been a curse, but you know, we all had the moment. Yeah. Well, the good thing right
1: now is that I think we're at the tail end of this COVID stuff. You know, as a country, I still think we have a lot of healing. Obviously, we got to do something. Like you know, I feel like, and I, I don't have the answer, but you know, I, I, it's honestly,
0: also- I think the COVID shit is just gonna divide us more.
1: You, you, how, you, how you? How do you? Uh, how? how do you say that? I'm
0: uh, just looking at the. Uh, the temperature of of everything, like you know, started off with the the presidential election. You know, they they were using COVID as you know, gaining political as a platform to gain political points, sway opinion and everything. And shit, look at Texas and Florida. They Didn't give a fuck. They're like, look, we re- we staying open. All right, we gonna do this. We got this. The rest of the country looking at them like what the fuck, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, it ain't too different from somebody that's a quote-unquote anti-vaxxer, and somebody that's not, you know what I mean, I feel like it's still something there to keep us divided, you know what I mean,
1: you know what, you're correct on that, because I didn't really think of that, like, when Texas and Florida made decisions like, Hey, we're going to open up and do stuff. And you know, a lot of people were like, fuck Texas, Mm -hmm. fuck Florida, you know? And it's funny because like we're in Southern California. And at one point we were the worst Mm -hmm. and we were locked down completely. Right. And you know, we, we we brought this back. We brought this up in the past is where like when, um, when the Rangers, uh, the Texas Rangers decided to have uh, their opening day, a full capacity. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, people were like, you know, they're stupid. They're going to, you know, infect everybody, blah, blah, blah. And then after that happened, you know, two weeks went by and and nothing really changed. No spikes really happened. No, nothing like that. At least that I saw Mm -hmm. in the news. And it's like, we were, we're too quick to tell people, Hey, you're doing the wrong thing without understanding, without, you know, educating, like, what's the results of this? You know, like, Mm -hmm. Hey man eventually we got to open up all this stuff right we got we eventually the states you know whatever we have to we have to start opening and mm-hmm. how do we do that by taking chances like hey are we here yet are mm-hmm. we here yet somebody's got to be the Slowly canary busher, yeah somebody yeah somebody's got to be the canary florida was the canary texas was the canary and, you know and then you don't see too much you know spikes happening well what the fuck's going on over there? Because we're still in Southern California and we were locked down hard, you know, yeah. and, and, and and our numbers were still going up. Mm-hmm. How does that make sense? So how are we going to say, hey, you guys are doing it wrong right. when we're, you know, just as bad?
0: So, yeah. We wild. don't even know how to. Yeah, it, it's, it was a lot, bro. It was a lot, man. I, I'm just still thankful that fucking they opened the gyms back up. Bro. I know. That was the best, just right? Because for me, that was, that was where I fucking... Not just work on my body, but my mentals, bro. Like, you therapy. feel me? That's, that's where I do my, yeah, my mental yeah. therapy, man. I can get a, get away from everybody, fucking put my headphones in, listen to my music, and just drown out the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. And not having the gym for that, what, eight months, Something nine like months? Long time. Um, It's only so much you could do at home, you know yep. what I mean? It's yep. only... Well, and, that
1: that's what made me... You know, because obviously the big box um, gyms, Mm -hmm. I go to LA Fitness, Mm -hmm. you know, they were the first ones to tuck their tail under, 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 under they they were shutting down. Well, they
0: opened and then they they shut shut back back down. down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But a lot of these more independent, you know, uh, gyms stayed open, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, their choice. Uh, Yeah, I don't care. But it made me... You know with my with LA fitness being closed I had to find other ways to stay in shape you know like try and you know work out so I got back into a Muay Thai gym because they were like oh yeah we're open and I'm like sick mm-hmm. um, you know like so I started doing that I started uh working with my uh the, the like my personal like boxing instructor mm-hmm. uh Gabriel so it made me look
0: outside at, your comfort zone outside
1: outside you know mm-hmm. like I might not have gone back to doing Muay Thai if the shutdown never happened you know with mm-hmm. with you know cuz I already had my gym routine i had everything going on all right but with that shut down it was like okay we got to start looking at other
2: areas mm-hmm. you know
1: what's open right now where right. can i go to, to to get in shape because i didn't want to you know that first you know long quarantine i put on 15 pounds dude afterwards i was like Fuck <laughs> this man Fuck this um yeah so like you said during that time you could have either just you know withered away got caught up in the social media and all the stuff on the news and just, you know... Or find something. Mm-hmm. Read a fucking book at the simplest. Mm-hmm. Read a book. Do something where you go, listen, I didn't have time to do this before. I, now I have, now I have the time. time. You want to speak another language? Shit, you just had fucking... Mm-hmm. A, a, a whole almost year to, to yeah. learn a language. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, man. It's, it's a great it, example. It, it, it's all about how you... You can either fall into the, to the pits and, 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 and see... All the bad stuff going on in the world and, and you know because i remember at one point it was it was really like during the uh the speak out stuff mm-hmm. where that that's our world you, you know? know like
0: I, you know with me not having my social media i i you don't all know that. what the fuck happened you missed all that you know yeah and it wasn't if it wasn't for youtube i still would and that was mostly like you know the big stars yeah getting, getting uh put on blast where are we at on the indies I heard very little, man. Yeah, I, I I missed everything.
1: Well, it's wild. It's almost like, you know, during the you know the 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 George Floyd stuff and and the protests that were going on, that's, you know, you being a black male, that's your, you know, your people. The, the, that's your, that's your scene, uh-huh. right? Like, hey, this is kind of. Whereas you know me, I was kind. You know, I'm a white male, and I'm just kind of like, listen. People were like, hey, make a statement and it's like, what do you want me to make a statement about? Like I'm I'm, I'm a white male. Like, am I against uh police brutality? Of course I am, you mm-hmm. know. But like, what what are you coming to me you, for a statement for? Right. Because, yeah, know, it
2: looks like what he was saying earlier when he went to the rally, there's just a bunch of white guys yeah, here. Yeah. It, like, it, what it, are you it, doing it, here? Yeah, it just
0: felt so weird. Yeah. yeah. And
2: um but with the speak out stuff, okay,
1: that's my that's my my lane because that's the wrestling uh community. That's the wrestling right. scene. I'm a part of this. Right. And when you saw a lot of that happening, I remember I called, I think like Devin and even my wife, or I think my wife kind of, she didn't know, she doesn't know give a shit about wrestling, but I think everything in the world, there was a really dark time, you know, where it was just like, you just felt disgusting inside. You kept seeing all this violence on the TV. You look on social media, you see the, the, the violence on there. And also you see just negative negativity and all this kind of stuff. And it Mm -hmm. just, it, it, it hurts you inside. It yeah. made you feel like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Is this where we've come yeah. to as as a society? You know, and, and, and with the speak out stuff and seeing all these, seeing people that I, I you know, I'm not maybe friends with, but I do
0: know mm-hmm. acquaintances,
1: mm-hmm. finding out about them,
0: you're like, ew. Was it, was it like, um, like, um, you know, with the, with the George Floyd thing, like, like you said, this is, this is out of your element, right? But. To escape from the outside world i dive into wrestling yeah so when it hit wrestling it's like fuck yeah like this too yeah where do you, where do you go yeah you know, like, okay. exactly
1: and it, you know it almost made me like be like do i still want to do this like stay in this community All in right. this scene um it's it just a wild time
0: man it, it was i don't know it's strange you know i keep it a buck with with you and the listeners I had my mind set. I'm done. I was I was about to be done, bro. Uh-huh. COVID hit me that bad that I was like, man, I'm ready to just be a family man. Like, I got my wife. I got my kids. Hang up the trunks. They're, hang them up. They're at an age where I can't just sneak out of the house for the weekend and go wrestle, come back Sunday night and they don't know I was gone. They're looking for me. Like, where's dad my daughter she's where's dad my son where is he Mm -hmm. i just felt like and and plus it was the uncertainty of not knowing when this shit was going to pick back up if it was at all you know what i mean and then seeing just seeing the industry struggle you know what i mean i felt like I honestly felt like what's the fucking point of wrestling if we can't have fans like what is the point like I need I need that energy you know what I mean me doing it just to do it in front of nobody it's pretty irrelevant Mm -hmm. so why even why even fucking do this shit it was
1: it was rough like just wrestling in um you know just uh pre-recorded matches yeah that's all we were doing you know we'd come in here to level up school and uh you know, do matches, and you're just doing it for the cameras. That's it. There's, no, you know, no vibe. You can't you yeah. get a you crowd reaction. You can't feel nothing, yeah. And uh, it, it, it was, it, I'm not going to lie to you. Same thing. It was not fun. And I was like, if this is the future of wrestling, I don't know if I really want to do this. Right. Um, But, you know, then we finally started getting in front of crowds these past, what, couple, couple months, months, something man. like that. So it's like, oh, that's right. The fans, like, they, they bring so much more to, to – to this wrestling scene Sometimes than just like we, eyes we take it for granted too. I, we do 100 percent. i believe we do um what so you what made you you had that thought in your head yeah what made you think like nah i, I need to do this i need to give it one more
0: um yeah my, i was like nah it's done i actually put all my shit in storage all my gear fucking and uh talking to you talking to hunter uh, talking to Limelight, a few other guys talking to Joe Gamble, talking to Idol, um, and then like uh, remember coming to the one show here, and you know that that kind of lit a spark in me, you know, and I'm I'm seeing these new young guys, and I'm like, okay, I need to get back in there, you know, not territorial about it. A particular spot that I have But I'm like okay I'm not getting no younger Fucking I've already invested Fucking This was the sixth year Into this shit You know what I mean I've invested so much money Time and effort into it Will I Have the same regret Like if I didn't started in the first place you know what i mean you know how you you start some or you you looking to start something you're like all right if i don't do this i'm gonna regret it one day i lived my young life in that so i had that same mindset like i've already d- deep dived into this shit if i don't keep going will i live to regret it mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then on top of that was i will not be able to look my two kids in their eyes and say i gave it my all I, I, and that is the one thing, that probably resonated more than talking to any of my peers. Just, I can't I can't live a lie, and and say to my son, hey, you can do anything you put your mind to, and I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Or, fucking telling my daughter, hey, just give it your all. You never know it will it will take you, and I I didn't do that myself. You feel me? I may be able to tell them, hey. You can take the first step, cause I did that, and that wouldn't be a lie. But, fucking, giving it one hundred percent your all, you know what I mean. And I feel like I still got a lot to give, you know what I mean. Even though I, I don't feel like I'm I'm a spring chicken, um, we ain't no spring chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I still got a lot to give, um, you know the the gratitude that I get from the fans that that you know they dig what i'm doing and you know they respect what i'm doing and the route i'm taking it you know i i just feel like i got a lot to con- more to contribute to it um but yeah that that's that's the the main thing was my kids
1: i i 100% agree with what you're saying as far as i think prior to the shutdown um your opportunity that you had by going out to mania week, weekend who knows what would have happened you could have gone out there and gave a great performance and jumped on to some other shows and, and promoters been like, Hey, I'm gonna hit you up, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or you could have gone out there and shit the bed all over the place. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Right. But the thing is you never had that opportunity to figure it out. Right. And if you just, you know, if you just shut, shut you know, closed up shop and said, Hey, I'm done. I think it would have weighed heavily on you because Hey man, you were right there, you were at the front door you know mm-hmm. you're about to knock but you didn't get a chance because you know it got oh, taken yeah. away from you so give it yeah. that one more opera you know that one more one more push college one more college more... try, man like yeah. all right we got how much more you got left in you let's see if you can get back to that level and finally maybe knock on that door mm-hmm. and see hey does the door open or not yeah. and we'll see what happens yeah um i'm glad i'm glad to see that you know that you you are continuing it thank you because i think uh you know over the years i've seen you progress so much as a wrestler and you you keep learning so yeah man i'm happy to see that you're you're coming back and i'm happy to see that well, i'm happy to be your return match thank you yeah <laughs> i'm happy to be a return match because you and i can put on a good match yeah man we got some we, good chemistry bro we got we got a few matches and the funny thing is is even when julius and i fuck up you can't tell you remember the dive, dog? <laughs> I know both dives. So Julius was a part of one of the worst matches I've ever had in my life. I don't know if you remember this. You remember the triple threat? You, you, Nestor, and I. No. Okay. Was that? Uh, was that the Delmar Fair? It might have been at the Delmar. Oh, Fair. that dive, where I—I've never caught you on that crossbody. You've
0: always—I've always hit it. You've, you know, know, you're talking about the one where I just fucking okay. So here I'll said, no it up. pool, no water in the pool, no water in the pool.
3: <laughs>
1: so, so, yes. so we're, I, I believe it was the Del Mar fair. Yeah, it was. You and know? this is a, a few years ago, Julius, uh, SoCal crazy. And I have a triple threat and I, 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 don't know what the fuck we were thinking. We were just young and trying to do stupid <laughs> young <shit. and> hungry. <laughs> so I used to th- you would do a thing where I'd run up the ropes and, uh, and do a uh, crossbody off the top. So here's the beginning of the end. Uh you and you and SoCal Crazy go to whip me off into the corner and I was gonna run up and I think I was gonna backflip onto both of you. I was gonna do a moonsault onto you, both of you standing. Mm-hmm. I completely missed my first step on the second rope, and I fall right through the goddamn ropes, and I'm like, oh, I feel like a jackass right now. So then something else happens. I remember the I remember I remember three things that went wrong, and I'm sure there was a lot more that went wrong. <laughs> But the first thing was me missing the ropes mm-hmm. as I was running up, and I fell right in between them. I looked like an idiot. And then something happened. I was supposed to catch you for a crossbody. You went too early. Yeah. And as soon as I turned around, all I see is you falling <laughs> straight <laughs> onto your face. Straight onto your face. And I'm like, he went – because my back was to you.
0: No, And – our backs were to each yes. other.
1: So Julius used to do the old uh, Owen Hart on the apron. Hop
0: uh, hop up to the to the top with my back to the toward ring. to the ring. And I would do a 180 cross body yeah. into the ring on my opponent. So
1: I turn because I know I'm supposed to take a cross body. And, and right when I turn, Julius is hitting, I, the, hitting yeah. the,
0: the canvas. I just, I just jumped up <laughs> and didn't look back to see where you was. I just jumped and went. And it that feeling midair no
2: like I'm not to eat shit. <laughs>
0: and then and then
1: I did the uh the tornado kick on Nestor and I kicked him so hard in the fucking head. So hard. And I just remember getting on top of him and going, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he just goes, I'm fine, I'm fine. Dude, I I kicked him straight upside the head, man. I felt so bad for it, man. And I remember, like I said, those are the three things that I remember that went bad. I'm sure there was plenty more, (laughs) but it was like just a terrible match. It was just a terrible (laughs) match. And then at SoCal Pro, uh, the 10th anniversary, I I, I passed the belt on to you. Yeah. I passed the belt on to you. And in that match, which is one of my favorite matches I've ever been a part of, even in that match, we mess up a a couple times, Mm -hmm. but you can't tell because it's covered up pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I can tell. I watch it and I go, oh, that, that, <laughs> "That was a mess up right there. That was a mess up." But we, but we did it. Yeah. And it was. I still sometimes I'll go back and watch that match and go, "Yeah, this is this is one match where I can say, yeah, this this was good."
0: Do you remember the dive though?
1: I remember the Before dive. Did... We did the exact same thing that we did it at the Del Mar <laughs> Fair. So,
3: oh, Julius took
1: off, bro. Julius went up to to do this the crossbody, and I forgot that you did the one eighty. That you mm. you went up and you turned your back towards the ring. So as I see you on the apron, because I want to walk, I, I want to turn my back and walk into, into. the into the crossbody. I don't want to mm. just stand there and wait for it. Right. And I remember I I, I caught a glance out of you being on the apron, uh, out of out of my uh, peripheral, peripheral vision, and I was like, okay, he's not up yet, he's not up yet. So I turn around the long way. And by that time you must have already thought I was turning to t- catch the catch the dive. Mm-hmm. So you went up as I was turning my back to you and as, sure, same thing fucking happened, man. As soon as I turn around, you're falling right
0: in front of me. Hold on, no, I'm talking to I'm talking about the dive on the outside.
1: Oh yeah, and there that <laughs> that, was, that was you. You just got way too hyped yeah. up or something, man. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Man, so Julius goes, I, I'm gonna I
0: didn't even hit the rope, I think I just ran No, and you, jumped, you got way
1: too hyped and yeah. you just, I, I, I stand you up. You was not even ready, yeah. I stand up and all of a sudden, I've got Julius landing on me and I'm like, holy crap and then Julius goes let me hit it again <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell just happened like, what are you doing down here? You're supposed to be in the ring so anyways, Julius just goes, let me hit it again and goes running into the ring, and I get up, and and then you you geç- came with the the corkscrew yeah, scourgs- yeah. thing, and uh, it, but it was a fantastic match. We had that we had that crowd, man, and yeah. I loved it because that was the show that Rey Mysterio was on. He was headlining, mm-hmm. and and we had a great crowd, man. We must have that had, that,
0: like, that crowd was like I think the the biggest I've been a part of. I, uh,
1: yeah. uh,��- WrestleCade for me, but that was no. What, I
0: mean at SoCal oh, Pro. Oh, at SoCal. Yes, yeah. yes, one hundred percent.
1: Um, I mean except for like the Del Mar Fair shows. But it was yeah,
0: easily like six, 600, six hundred, six, seven hundred people. There. Yeah, it was like, fun, it was man. Packed. And that was a good, that was a good match, man. Yeah. I, I remember it. Definitely had fun. And like a lot of people don't know that, uh, you know, even though I I held the that was my first time holding the title, the world title. Um, I only held it for what fifteen seconds or so. <laughs> yep. But I was so relieved because. I wasn't ready for that pressure of being a champion, bro. At that point, there's even, a even though I had held the tag belt and the, the Golden State, I was like, "Fuck the the heavyweight title." Yeah, I don't think I'm ready, Jeff.
1: There's something about having a title. You can, you know, you can give anybody the title, mm-hmm. but for somebody to carry the title is a whole different thing because you gotta, you have to bring something different. You're basically going to be main eventing every mm-hmm. show, right? And we all know a lot of the crowd at an indie show is tired before the main event, mm-hmm. which means they've seen everything because nobody really respects the card anymore. So by the time you get to the main event, you better give them something different, right. You better give them something more than just professional wrestling. You got to give them like a real storyline, a real show. You just got to think out of the box mm-hmm. because like I said, everything's already been done. Right. There's already been five, mm-hmm. six matches before you and, and they did all the false finishes and they did all the the dusty finishes and they did all the dives. Mm-hmm. They did uh, you know, anything you think of. All the manager interactions, all all the, everything. All, <laughs> all the interference. So you have to really bring something different. Mm-hmm. And if you put if you put a belt on somebody too quickly and they're not ready to think outside the box of how am I going to, you know, be different than the rest of the card as a main event, mm-hmm. you got a problem. Yeah. Um but you know, a lot of people just think, "Oh yeah, I just hey, this guy's pretty good. Put the belt on him." Well, you could just put the belt on them, or you could keep them, keep them learning for the next, you know, handful. However long it takes somebody, I don't know. Some people it takes a year, some people it takes months. Mm-hmm. And uh, and really, that way, when they get the belt, you got something real, a good package here going on because they've learned how to work the crowd, they learned how to think outside the box, they learned how to, you know, do more than just professional wrestling. Right. So yeah, I know what I know what you're saying because man, I've carried belts before, and I'm like, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do right now.
0: How, how how
1: how do i do this you know you don't really understand so
0: yeah that was a pressure i wasn't i wasn't ready for at that time
1: yeah but anyways man okay we had some serious discussion we had some good discussion let's go back to to the hip-hop stuff all right for sure now you don't you say you kind of don't keep uh keep up with the newer cats as much <clears throat> Nah, but you know what i'm gonna throw some 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 uh some groups It might not just be in hip hop, you know, because I know you have you like uh you can like raw yeah I
0: yeah I used to uh, aggressive inline skate I played Tony Hall I was an aggressive inline inline skater too my friend I had uh
1: Rosies remember Rosies I had uh and had oxygen yeah I had oxygen yeah Yeah, I had
0: some K twos K twos yeah back in the day
1: I won one uh one competition your boy was hot your boy was hot (laughs) on on, on the streets. (laughs) Uh, All right, here we go. Let me
0: ask you, was you more of a vert skater or street? Street. street. Yeah, I
1: never got into the vert stuff. I I could skate a mini ramp and all that, but once that ramp got up to above 12 feet, I was like, fuck (laughs) you. That's a long drop in. You know, like being at the top of a vert ramp where you actually see it go in? in?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you're at the very top and it goes in. Yeah. And you're like,
3: I don't see how this is possible.
1: Yeah, right below the coping. Yeah. I don't see how this uh, is possible.
0: God, inline skating. That's not around anymore. You know what? I fucking I don't know how, but after I reactivated my Instagram, I was able to take out all the shit I didn't want to see, uh-huh. and now my whole feed is nothing but wrestling, working out, and inline skating. Really?
1: Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I knew all them cats. Uh, Aaron Feinberg, remember him? Big nah. skater back in the day. Big. Uh, I
0: I used to, I had a few tapes, man. I was like guys like Frankie Morales. Uh, I remember that name. Fucking Trey uh, 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 Powell. Sanford had a huge
1: inline skating community i saw i remember Where? watching uh, san francisco the bay area
0: um you know i would say well when i was growing up it was more of a no like <clears throat> skateboarding had completely taken over
1: yeah I remember, yeah cause, well i was like the only person that really skated in
0: ramona see when people say skate they mean skateboarding, skateboarding yeah. yeah so when when you say skate i'm thinking you know skateboarding but uh, rollerbladers, Roller in, inliners, you know. I used to
1: always get hit with the uh, fruit
0: booters. Fruit booters, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. all the kids used to. And I'd be like, "Whatever, dude."
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, but I used to roll with like, cause I, you know, I, there was, I, I would go. I would go rollerblade with, this, the, with skateboarders the skateboarders. Yeah. Because they were yeah, my friends too. prior to same skating thing skating. Anyways, same, so. you know
0: what's interesting though? Like, I used to do that in the hood, bro, in the fucking most dangerous parts of the city fucking and that's kind of what kept me out of trouble too uh-huh. like a lot of some cats would see me you'd be like oh leave him alone he just he's just a skateboarder he's just a skater you know what i mean he ain't he ain't with the shit you know what i mean and that kept me out of trouble it ke- or kept me from getting targeted uh uh-huh. back in the day yeah i remember you told me a
1: story so you used to have to ride the bus in high school and then there was a certain area where the bus looped around yeah and you would have to get off and then walk over <laughs> across.
0: Uh, it, de- it depends. It depends on what what um what quote unquote set, and what what but uh what bus route you were on. So to get to my high, well, to get to my high school, I have to catch three buses. Um, and what's interesting for me, and even looking back, it's fascinating that I was cool with at least two people from every notorious set in San Francisco.
1: And when he says set, that means a gang.
0: Yeah. Or or um, a, set, a set of the gang. Uh, public housing projects. Oh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, like, just my whole upbringing, like, it. I look back and it's fascinating. I even fucking made it to where I'm at now to really? be able to wrestle. Yes. See, I never had to get off the bus,
1: walk over to another area to get back Like, literally,
0: like, the bus, <clears throat> you know, the bus go up a hill, stops at a, a stop sign, makes a left, and it's probably like a five-minute trip from that last uh, from that left to where it goes through the complete fucking housing projects and lands on the other side. So if for some reason you weren't cool with that, set, you didn't know nobody, or you were just scared, didn't want to you know be involved or nothing, you would get off the bus at this stop, let the bus go through the project and you would probably walk up two three blocks within that five minutes and get back on the bus That's wild. At the end. yeah that's wild yeah i've, I've been in situations where <clears throat> fucking mistaken identity fucking i'm going to school i remember i was going to summer school one day and uh i'm at the beginning of the bus route and it, it go through this uh projects called uh sunnydale i mean not sunnydale uh double rock that's who they was beefing with but Double Rock, my dad grew up in this project. But I had a bunch of friends that went to school there. I went uh, went to school with, lived there. One of my best friends lived in that project. So I used to spend the night at his house and all the shit. So I knew, I knew people from there. <clears throat> uh, just remember getting on the bus. I'm sitting on the back of the bus, got my headphones on. And I swear about 15 dudes run on the front of the bus. Fucking ready to get me, bruh. Damn. And I... Fucking pull my headphones off, and I look, and like the the third dude from the front, he like, oh that's just Jew, bruh. That's Jew. He good, he good. He's like, bro, we's about to get you. We thought you was whoo Bro, I've been in situations, yeah, bruh. Damn. Like one of the worst one. I've been in a few. I just tell y'all a few. One time I was working in uh, had a summer job in Filmo. And uh. Shout
1: out to Fillmore Slim. Filmo Slim.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Had a summer job in Filmo. Uh, where I worked at like this little like tech media startup. Like basically we went there. You learn how to type. You learn how to edit software. We would go and film stuff. And you learn how to, uh, you know, edit and stuff like that. Basically like make like little home movies and stuff. And this is 2002, 2003 or something like that. And uh remember getting off of work for my summer job and I had to catch one bus to take me from Hunter's Point all the way to Filmo and back. Uh so I'm waiting for the twenty-four bus and I just remember I had on my leather jacket and I'm waiting for the bus and I just see all these dudes walking up to me and I'm I'm I consider myself not a part of nothing. Like I don't gang bang, I don't rep no set. You feel me? I might live a certain place, but you feel me? I I ain't shot no guns. You're I don't sell c- a, I'm I'm civilian. good. Yeah, You're I'm. Civilian. I just live here, bro. <laughs> yeah. And uh, hey, where you from? That's what they are. And it's always the 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 youngest one, the littlest one, to ask you, where trying, you from? Trying to trying to to get the cred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you from, bruh Hey, bro, where you from? From the point. What you doing over here, bruh You out of bounds. Bruh, I'm just coming from my summer job, bruh. Yeah. Like, you feel me? Got a little summer job down the block. I'm just trying to get home, bruh. He's like, oh, and and when they really want some smoke, they be like, oh, you, oh, you fuck with them niggas, huh? Like, you be with them, huh? And I, bruh, I just told you, bruh. <laughs> I just got gangbangers don't have summer jobs, bruh. <laughs> like, how can I, take, how can I get this through to you that I do I, not represent? I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not associated with none of that stuff. You feel me? Even though I might know some people that you, you fuck with um and then another time my friend he was driving at this point we was we had cars and my my friend's driving and i tell him hey bro you don't want to go through this set and this is i actually used to live in this housing projects called west point but uh fuck, shit was dangerous bro so you just go around you just go around the fucking projects i'm like bro make a right because if you start going up the hill you can't make a u-turn you look suspect bro uh-huh. you feel me you either going to go through or you're going to go around. But once you start, ain't no stopping or turning around. This motherfucker want to start going up. I'm like, bruh, what the fuck? Before we get to the top of the hill, there's a stop sign up there at the top of the hill. Before you even get to the top, I just see black jackets, gray hoodies. Just, they blocked us off. That's wild. The biggest motherfucker in the group. Big ass Samoan dude. I knew him from elementary school. Thank God. <laughs> Saved us, bruh. Thank God. Saved us. Like, big Y. He like, hey, Jew, tell your boy don't be doing that, bruh. <laughs> I just looked at him like, you. I told you, bruh. I told you. It's wild, man. Yeah. That's wild. So, yeah, even looking back, like, it's fascinating that I'm even fucking down here in San Diego, bruh. Crazy.
1: All right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you these. Uh, I'm gonna uh, bring it up. We're gonna make it quick because uh, they need us to finish up.
2: We've been getting the no. We've been getting the hurry up signal for okay. a couple of minutes But here now. we
0: go.
1: Kendrick Lamar, you fucks with him for sure. J Cole, lightweight. What does that mean? A little bit. Oh, okay, a little bit. Uh, naughty by Nature,
0: old school. I should listen to him more, but feel me. I know the classics, but not not deep dive. I uh, love Naughty by Nature.
1: Oh, here's a good one. I I just recently started listening to him a lot. Two Live Crew. A little too
0: raunchy for me, bro.
1: I'm telling you, listen to as nasty as, <laughs> as nasty as they want to be. It's one of the greatest. I've been listening to it a lot lately. It's one of the greatest albums. I swear, I, I listen to it. I'm just like, this is fantastic. And I love what they stood for back in the day, too, with the uh, the Freedom Speech. Well, for, yeah, yeah. They went to actually uh, fucking battle concerts. And by the and way, shit. I'm going to say this. Controversial. This is going to be a controversial st- topic, especially with you. Flavor Flav, greatest hype man of all time, right? Yeah. I think Uncle Luke might be. I'm telling you, Uncle Luke might be the greatest hype man of all time because he don't he don't I,
0: rap. I might have to look into that. He bro. doesn't
1: rap. He just like says <laughs> <laughs> during the music, and it's just fantastic. Um, okay, here's one. Takashi Six Nine. Really? <laughs> I'm not gonna uh, lie to you. I watched a documentary on him on a Showtime. I, I suggest watching it, especially because us being professional wrestlers, he made himself the biggest heel of all times. He made gang members. Hardened gang members, baby faces.
3: It's amazing. <laughs> you have
1: to lie. all right, Limp Biscuit.
0: I fucks with heavy, bro. I'm not gonna
1: lie to you; they were, be- they were, they were. Dope I fucks right with way. heavy. All right, I think that's it. We're gonna wrap this up. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Thanks for buddy. having me, man. We Sorry gotta... it took so long. No, man. you're all good. We got to go. You know, think of a match, and then we got to go beat each other up. Make and then... sure
2: to keep your eyes on each other. Yes. He tries to yes. die but we, not sure you're looking at no, him. No, we're
0: doing that tonight.
2: We're not we're just not in, losing we're not losing <laughs> eye contact. Just, the whole, just have a staring contest during the match just to see. All right.
1: Excellent man. Thank you Julius. Appreciate it. And uh that's it. We're out. Peace. Adios. Bye. You're gonna rattle! Rattle! Rattle!